Wrestling Radio on the Internet Icon, the pride of the Pilgrims, handsome Jackie Jones, along with my right-hand man, my audio soulmate, the enforcer of the Headyverse. One inch biceps, the power goat. Bah! Very powerful. Uh, yeah, and I'm glad we haven't been rained out yet. But yeah, we might. I'm prepared if we so, do. All right. And joining us, you might be wondering now after the intro ice here, we have a uh, Brendan Higgins, also known as Knuckle Nelson, New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer and author of Waking Up from the Wrestling Ring to the Yoga Mat. Right here. Oh, th thank you for having me on tonight, guys. It's mm. great to be here with you. Yeah, oh, excellent to have you. <laughs> and uh, I noticed you gave me a funny look when I said Handsome Jack. And now we'll let you know that uh, handsome Jimmy Valiant gave me his blessing years ago on the show to use Handsome Jack as my moniker. Yep, that sounds good to me. He also <laughs> let in, he told Entry he should be called Luscious Biceps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I never picked that one up, but maybe I can It doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Yeah, Luscious Biceps. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, waking up from the wrestling ring to the yoga mat, uh, when did the idea come up? to uh like this is something i want to do i want to write the book well interestingly enough you mentioned jimmy valiant and in 2018 i was going through probably the darkest period ever in my life i had been out of wrestling for many 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 years and i was having um a lot of personal problems and um i decided after meeting jimmy valiant briefly to jump on my harley davidson and drive deep into the mountains of virginia to look him up and to have a conversation with him about life. I had no idea if he would be open to it or how it would go, but it ended up going really well. And um, that's when, uh, after that first meeting with Boogie is when I decided uh, I was gonna write a book. And the book starts in 2018 on my trip down there. Then I go back in time to my early uh, wrestling days. And when I first broke in to the wrestling world and then I worked my way back up and a bunch of stuff happens after that in the book as well. Yeah. 
And for, well, most people watching this are going to be wrestling fans. So if you're a wrestling fan, there's a lot of stories about uh, working in, in the Indies and working for WWF in the 90s and like meeting Boogie Woogie Man. And if you're not a wrestling fan, which I don't know why you'd be watching this, but if you're not a wrestling fan, you know, it's a story about someone uh, bettering themselves, overcoming addiction. So I think it would appeal to wrestling fans and non-wrestling fans alike. Well, if you're if you're into wrestling, or if you're into yoga, or you're into rock and roll, or you're into motorcycles, or you're into traveling, all of it. It's it, I cover it all, and like you said, I've had a lot of uh, battles with addiction in my life, and um, I'm I'm here to say that I've been sober for over 20 years, and uh, there's a lot of answers to the questions people have on how did you do that, how did that all come to be? Because I was like a wild man back in the day, and um, it, it's all in the book on how I um, how I managed to um, get to where I am today. Uh, quick question about the addiction, because, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people in wrestling obviously have addictions. Um, do you think it's possible? Do you think it, it would have been possible to go through a wrestling career without uh, without, you know, drinking and doing drugs? Well, wrestling had nothing to do with with my problems. They were firmly in place long before I ever stepped into a wrestling ring. But it was a perfect place for someone with the kind of problems that I had to uh, to live because it really wasn't monitored at all. And uh, if I had to do it all over again, I would love to have done it also because I'll never really know what I could have done. Or I was always high in the ring. I never had any. I don't think I ever had one match where I wasn't under the influence of. Um, something when I was wrestling. So, so yes, I think it's very possible. And I, I, from what I see, it doesn't seem like there are a lot of people that no, are, definitely now, are yeah. um, you know, to that. Yeah. It's a much different, uh, different vibe in wrestling, you know, guys go play video games and which, you know, some people make fun of, you know, guys are going to play video games, but that's a lot healthier lifestyle. Yeah. You know something I don't really, um, uh, what, what I was trying to say is when I was wrestling, it was grown men. There was all guys in their 30s and 40s and 50s that were wrestling. It's kids now. It's all kids. So the fact that everyone, you know, there's a lot of gamers in wrestling, that just makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's something I always talk about, though, when people talk about, like, um, you know, oh, they can't push this guy or whatever because he's, like, almost 40. Or they even bring up uh, Daniel Bryan's, like, 39. Or, you know, Bobby Lashley, I think, is early 40s. But when I, I grew up, in the 80s and like that's usually like what age someone would be when they go to the wwf yeah exactly I, I i remember though i was in that transitional stage where it was starting to become more and more kids where the hottie boys were showing up and edge and christian i remember talking to one of the agents backstage and i had just come back from japan and he said they really like what you're doing you're you know, you're getting that international experience and you're, you're, you know, you're getting your name out there. And he said, how old are you? And I said, I was 35. And he just looked at me and went completely silent. And I could just tell by the look on his face that it, it, I was just too old. I was too old for serious consideration at that point. Yeah. Well, why did, I know I've read your book, everything, but why didn't you, uh, why would, why did you pursue wrestling a little bit later than, than most people? Why did, why wasn't it something you tried out when you were younger? Well, like you, I'm a New England boy, and I grew up here in Rhode Island, uh, a huge Celtics fan and Patriots fan and Red Sox fan, but wrestling was head and shoulders above all the other sports for me. It was just um, 
it wasn't even close. I, I, I loved wrestling more than all those other teams I just mentioned in sports combined. And through my teens, I followed wrestling in wrestling magazines because there was no internet back then. And into my 20s, still, I remember a friend of mine saying to me, I remember when you used to have wrestling magazines stacked up to here. And I, and I pointed to the corner of the room. I said, you mean like that? And I was in my 20s. And uh, it got so bad, I had to start doing it. Who was your uh, who I I've read the book, but who were some of your favorites? Uh, who really got you hooked in wrestling? Well, the Valiant Brothers for sure. Number one on my list is oh, my my childhood hero was handsome Jimmy Valiant. I also liked um, Adrian Adonis before the whole adorable thing early on in his career when he was a singles wrestler and then it was a tag team wrestler with the East West Connection and with uh, Dick Murdoch. Those guys, I thought, I, I really liked them. I liked uh, the Von Erich brothers really changed my life. When the when I first found world-class championship wrestling, it was so different. It had such a different vibe to it. And um, I, I just, I wanted to be like them. I wanted to be in shape like them. I wanted to be athletes. I wanted to be tough like them. It was just, you know, they, they, I, I don't know, looking back on it, if they were the greatest role models, but they were mine. And I, you know, I also like superstar Billy Graham and the Midnight Express and Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen. And, you know, I, I tend to gravitate more towards the heels. Bruiser Brody. Yeah, Adrian Donis really underrated uh, wrestler because I think a lot of, because um, by the time pay-per-views are around, he was doing the adorable Adrian Adonis gimmick. So I think that's like the first that a lot of people remember him as because that's, but before that, when he had like the, the briefcase and the, and he had the, uh, he had the uh, handcuff to it and stuff like he was an excellent wrestler, even when he was adorable, he's still a great wrestler, but people remember more of the gimmick. Yeah. He, he, I thought he was ahead of his time, his in-ring work and his interviews and, and the way he was on the mic, he, you know, I, I guess he wasn't a very well-liked wrestler behind the scenes, but I always thought he was ahead of his time. I thought he was a great wrestler, just like, and he wasn't uh, a Tony Atlas type of build, you know, he was, he, he, he got over on, uh, on athletic ability. You know, he said ahead of his time, he was taking a lot of bumps in the ring. Like, you know, back then, uh, if you watch, like, and even now, if you watch your house shows, a lot of the times, like one bump, that's the, fin that's the end of the match but he was flipping all around and taking crazy bumps for, especially for a pretty big guy. Yeah, he was, he was, he was flipping all over the ring. You'd see in a tag match, the other three guys would just stand there and Adonis would be bumping all over the ring. Like you just said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask you this because uh, in new England, uh, did you, were you, watch, I'm a little old, younger though, but uh, were you, did you watch NASA as a kid uh, to watch WWF house shows, new England sports? Network? I couldn't, I couldn't wait for those house shows from the Boston Garden to yeah. roll around. And, and just, just to just piggyback on that, anything wrestling, I was watching it, whether it was Bedlam from Boston, that might be before your time, um, the ICW, uh, you know, anything that was coming on, anything that was related to professional wrestling, I was, you know, I, I wanted to watch it. But yes, I watched those Nesson shows um, faithfully. Yeah. Yeah. I used to record it, them. Now, now they're on the network, but I used to record them on VHS every, every month. I, you know, I'd get excited about, cause you know, then like there'd be Saturday night's main event and like a pay-per-view, maybe it was even, but either way, like maybe once or a couple times a, a year. So it was, you know, to get a big show like that on TV was a big deal. Yeah. And I attended a lot of those shows too, whether it was the Boston garden, the Providence civic center, um, the West Warwick Civic Center, like uh, WWF was around here a lot. The Rocky Hill Fair, the Warwick Musical Theater, uh, Jack Witchie Sports Arena. 
Um, you know, we, my, my, I didn't come from a wrestling family. My dad wasn't really a big wrestling fan, but he attended a lot of matches because I, you know, I wanted to go and he was nice enough to take me to them. Yeah. My first show was, uh, I think it was Providence civic center. It was, uh, it was King of the ring before they were pay-per-views and it was the one, uh, macho man, uh, he, in the finals was him against Bundy. Yep. I, I think I was probably at that too. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. You know, for people yes. who don't know, though, they were an annual, you know, house show, The King of the Ring. Right, at one time. Yeah. And uh, so I just want to ask, because um, we had Joseph Bruin on a lot, and every year we always talk about New England uh, Fan Fest and New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. And uh, that's a big part of the book, or part of the book. And uh, he's who set up the event. Uh, what does the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame mean to you? From the first moment I met Joe Bruin, which was many, many years ago, I always liked the guy. And what he does for wrestling, you know, before I answer your question, he just does so much. He keeps wrestling alive in New England in, in ways that people don't really realize. And the day that the New England, uh, the Fan Fest is over, he's working on the next year's one the very next day. And, um, you know, being inducted into the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame was a surprise to me because I could name... 20 wrestlers that I think were more worthy than me that uh, may or may not be in it. But, you know, when it rolled around and, and I, they, they told me that it was going to happen, uh, I was pretty psyched about it. I have the plaque proudly displayed in my, in my gym, in my basement. And, um, and I also was lucky enough to induct a couple of people into it too. I think it's, it's well done and it's well attended. And the only thing that um, bothers me sometimes is the way people are talking amongst themselves while people are trying to, I will um, agree with you know, that. yeah. Yeah, they're, that's, they're back that's in the bar of, area making a lot of noise while people are yeah getting... it's been pretty rude sometimes yeah yeah and uh, i haven't drank in two years not not 20 years like you but so i'm not in the bar area but yeah they, they can be rude yeah and uh, i was happy to see uh you talk about um the boston bad boy tony rumble in the book because like you're saying i watched any kind of wrestling was on, I was watching, you know, all the, the Indies, IWCCW uh, and all those things. Uh, you always see bad news, uh, bad news, uh, Boston bad boy pop up. And uh, I always was really interested. I never got to meet him or anything, but you know, he was a staple of Boston wrestling. And uh, it was cool that, you know, he meant so much to you and even gave you the name. Well, you know, anything I ever did in wrestling was thanks to Tony rumble. When I, when I met Tony, um, I, I, you know, I was very, very green. And I just went to one of his shows in Massachusetts in Hanover, Massachusetts and showed up, said I had my gear and he said, you can wrestle me. And I wrestled him that night and under a mask. And he called me the next day and he said, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I got a bunch of shows coming up and I have this idea for a wrestling character named Knuckles Nelson. And I loved it right away. And I could just go on and on about some of the things that like, if it wasn't for him, I never would have wrestled in the WWE. I never would have wrestled on Monday Night Show. I never would have went to Japan. I never would have been a three-time NWA World Tag Team Champion or the New England Heavyweight Champion. Uh, all, all these things that Tony just um, and he never once asked me for anything in return. He just he just was a really selfless person. And you know, it was a horrible thing when he died. He was 42 years old and he died of a heart attack. And uh, it, it shocked us all and it changed the landscape of professional wrestling in New England dramatically when he was gone because everyone worked for Tony. That we, we all were under that one roof. And then once Tony passed away, everybody went off and started wanting to do their own thing, myself included. And it just was never the same again. I mean, there were a lot of good promotions out there, but it was nothing like the Century Wrestling Alliance. Did, did you travel together? Yes. Well, yes. 
Not all the time, but yes, we definitely traveled, you know, uh, here and there. So what was he like as a person? Like, was he a river? Like, you know, what was he like? Tony, Tony was a family man. He was really in his family. And when his grandson Hunter was born, uh, he, that's all he wanted to talk about. He, he just wanted to talk about his grandson. His on-camera pers- uh, personality was very different than what he was behind the scenes. He, he was just, uh, and, and he, I also, lo- looking back on it now, at the time, I was, uh, back then, someone recently told me, like, I, I was not a nice guy. I was pretty mean to a lot of people. And I had to make a lot of amends to a lot of people over the years. But back then, I didn't realize Tony gave people chances that probably, like myself, that he just gave people opportunities. They might not have even been that good in the ring. And I used to say to him, why do you got this guy on the show? He sucks. And he would, he would say, I like him. I like him and I'm, and I'm giving him a chance and, you know, mind your own business, you know, it's only a business anyway. And, and, uh, you know, he, he was just the kind of a person that, that, uh, he had a very tight knit group of people around him and uh, everybody was extremely loyal to him. It was me, Sheldon Goldberg, Eric Sprazier, Jeff Katz, um, and, and a few others that were, were also in, in that circle. Yeah. Now, you said he was the reason why you you, got, uh, you wrestled for WWF at the time, WWE in, in Japan. So did he have a good relationship with, uh, with the other companies? The, the way it worked back then was there was no performance center. There was nothing like that. What happened was I would show up at one of Tony's shows, and he ran – you know, I'll just back up just a little. When I was wrestling on the independent scene before I met Tony, it would be the wrestlers' families and friends in the crowd. There'd be like 50 people if you were lucky. I started going to Tony's shows for the CWA, and there's 5,000 people in a in a high school stadium, and and it was a whole it was like WWF, a whole different ball game. And Jim Cornette would be in the locker room, and Kevin Sullivan would be in the locker room and these guys were promoting wrestlers on the spot to go to the next level of wrestling. If they like what they saw, Steve Bradley, myself, uh, Rick Fuller, um, a bunch of guys like the next thing, you know, like I, I remember Kevin Sullivan watching Rick Fuller wrestle and saying to me, Nux, who's the big guy? I said, that's Rick Fuller. And he was on Monday Nitro the next week. You know, that's the way it worked back then. You didn't have to, um, you know, you, you got guys that are like seasoned professional wrestlers that have to go through the whole performance center thing or, or NXT. It wasn't like that. You were on Raw. You were on Nitro the next night. So Tony's relationship was so good that the guys that were running the locker rooms for WWE and WCW were in our locker rooms. Mm-hmm. It was and, crazy. Uh, in, in your book, you know, your first match for WWF uh, originally is versus Razor Ramon, and this is like really early in your career. And uh, uh, so, so when you first get there, the the guy who's like in charge of the enhancement town was uh, Tony Gurria, who we had on the show last year. It was a really good uh, interview. Uh, so, uh, what was Tony Gurria like? And like, how much advice did he give you? Tony Gurria was a complete gentleman. He was always nice to me. He was always very nice to me uh, up until the very end. And he um, would always ask me if I needed tickets for my families and friends wherever we were. And you know, because because I I would do the TV tapings all over New England, and I would say seventy percent of the time I didn't even wrestle. I would just show up, be in the back, and get paid and go home. And that used to drive me crazy because you want to be in the ring. You don't want to be you know just uh, like 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 um, a standby guy. But um, Gurria was um yeah he he would he he anytime you like if, if there was a match scheduled he would come over at some point and he would want to go over it and he would want to know what's going on in the match and he would offer changes or he would leave it like it was but um you know like like Jimmy Valiant you know Tony Gurria is a 
a legend. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, you you use the the term in the book jobber. So uh, what do you think of that term? And um, did you take it? Do you take that as an insult when someone used the term? Not at all. No, like like when I look back on it now, um, I was 29 years old when I broke into wrestling with drug and alcohol problems. I was too slow. I was too old, and I was starting to get a ball spot. I was lucky to even be there, man. I was so fortunate to to have been a jobber in the WWF. That was all my role was ever going to be. My first match in WCW was on Monday Nitro, and I'm expecting like you know, to have a competitive match. And they introduced me to the, the big show who was known as the giant at the time. And it was going to be uh, against him. And it was like, okay, so, and you know, same thing in, in WWE from, from day one, my, the match I had against Razor Ramon in 1993, I didn't even throw one punch, you know, it was just getting your ass kicked, but I, I didn't mind at all. No, I, I, I wanted to be there so badly that to me, you know, that a, a guy that was just wanted to, to try wrestling and got, actually in a WWF ring or a WCW ring or, or, you know, an NWA ring or a USWA ring in Memphis or in, or in Japan, you know, I, I overachieved. I, I really did. And uh, you talk about in the book that, you know, a lot of the guys were nice to make you feel like, you know, uh, you're just, you know, one of the other wrestlers like Mick Foley and everybody uh, was, was there anybody who wrestled any of those shows that weren't, you know, that would either try to take advantage of you or just weren't like uh, uh, good people. I don't mention this in the book, but when you said that, it comes to, it came to mind, um, the big boss man, when I wrestled the big boss man, it was, uh, it, it was brutal. Like, I, I don't know if I rubbed him the wrong way or what it was, but he, um, we had this whole nice little match planned out and right before we went through the curtain. He said, forget everything. We, we, we're, we're short on time. And they kind of like pushed me out, like, go. And so I'm like, okay. So we went out there and he just beat the crap out of me. He legit punched me in the teeth. I thought he knocked a couple of my teeth out and then uh, handcuffed me to the the rope and, and did the whole hit, hit me with the billy club and everything. And um, it wasn't really like uh, we had talked over this whole thing. And then he scratched it like and, and looking back on it, it probably was never going to be what we had originally talked about. Like, like when I was on the independence, there was a time when I was kind of like an I was on a high level independence and I was one of the top guys in the independence at the time. When I got to the WWF, I was the lowest of the low that you could possibly ever imagine. There was no one lower than me on the card. Does so no, ever, I don't mind being called a jobber. Not at all. Right. Does that ever uh, hurt uh, your stance on the Indies? Like if, does anyone ever say like, Oh, well don't be, you know, a job guy in WWF because that's going to hurt, you know, being tag champs, you know, on the independent scene. Yes, it used to drive the NWA office crazy because that particular match I just mentioned. And then, you know, the next night I'm out defending the NWA World Tag Team title. It No, they, they didn't want us to do it. But back then, um, I didn't have another job. Wrestling was all I did. And I, I probably needed that money that night to eat, mm -hmm. you know. So I, I was like a real, like, carny wrestler, you know. Like, I, I was not um, – like it's it's different now obviously but like you know if it was like it was back then i would suggest to anybody make sure you have a plan b in place because just depending on wrestling um it's, it's a pretty rough pretty rough thing but i so i kept doing it you know and tony rumble told me to keep doing it too he was like you know it's too bad there can't be more competitive matches but they're just uh you know when you get there you just say okay you don't you don't say well this is what i'd like to do it just doesn't work that way yeah when you said, you know, you'd go over the matches beforehand, how much, um, for people who don't know, because I do think wrestling is different today, but how much of the match was like totally laid out and how much of it was called in the ring? 
Um, are you saying in a WW in a TV match or an independent yeah, in a TV match? Well, I guess you could compare the two. Well, for, for uh, like I wrestled pe certain people a lot. Like we wrestled the Public Enemy quite a bit when we had the NWA belts. We wrestled. Um, I wrestled Steve Bradley in a lot of singles matches. I don't know if you remember him. Um, Vic Steamboat, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's little brother. A younger brother and I, we never had to talk because we wrestled each other so much. We just would, we'd have a, the beginning and the end. I, you know, I had a bunch of WWF matches over the years and they, th those guys, especially since it's for TV, it, it's um, not every single thing. It's, it's not choreographed, but a lot of the spots are like going over relentlessly before you go out there. Yeah. Do you ever, um, because I think they should do this now, but do you ever, uh, like, if you're doing a TV match for Razor Ramon, let's say, do you, because uh, you said Tony asked, do you have any problem, you know, taking the Razor's edge? Do you ever go over any of the moves beforehand to see if you can take them? Anything I ever did in the WWF, which I keep calling it because that's what it was then, yeah, yeah. Uh, we just discussed it, just like you and me are right now. That was it. I never practiced anything. I never went in the ring with anyone. It, we just, and if you were trained properly, which I believe I was, you, um, you, you can pull it off. You can just talk it over and go out there. And if something doesn't come off, come off the way you wanted it to, you can just change it up while you're going along because um, the only people that know about it are the two people that discussed it. Right. Now, what what for you? What are some of the hardest moves to uh, to actually take? I never really had a problem taking any move. Um, Rick Fuller power bombed me one time in a in a ring where the spring really didn't compress the way it should have, and I had to be carried out in a stretcher. So if I had to say one, a power bomb, which was a very basic move, was a finishing move back in the day, and that that really like that really hurt. Um, I remember you know doing superplexes off the top rope where both of us are standing on the top rope. I remember a guy doing a Hunakan Rana from the top rope where he was facing me and I was facing the ring. And so I was pretty much up for anything. And, you know, like, so I'm not trying to sound cocky, but there was just, there really wasn't anything that I, I would have felt um, uncomfortable trying or doing. Yeah, you mentioned Rick Fuller a few times and, you know, in New England, I saw him a lot in the Indies. And uh, since WCW, he's also done well in the Indies. But it was weird for me seeing him, you know, a big star in the Indies. And then, you know, he was a pretty – he was a regular on WCW Nitro, but he really – I don't know if he ever had a, a win, maybe on, like, uh, on Worldwide or something. Well, the, the there's an expression. The only time a professional wrestler loses is when he doesn't get paid. Right, there you go. But another so, guy like that was uh, the Rochester Roadblock who, uh, who had a run in WCW. And he was a huge guy. And I always thought it was weird, though, because he's like this huge guy, and he was like uh, an enhancement talent in WCW. It's, it's weird to have like this giant guy who doesn't uh, win a lot. Yeah, well, for some reason, they didn't do anything with Rick Fuller, but he, he more than made up for it when he went to New Japan Wrestling and became a big star over there. Yeah, and he's got – I mean, he's really got all – he's got a great look. He's a big dude. He's got, you know, hair. He's a good wrestler. Yeah, he can move too, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Inchman, do you have a question? Yeah, I got a question from the chat room from uh, Stellar Steve, and he wants to know, does Nelson practice TM or just yoga? Transcendental med uh, meditation. Um, the, the type of yoga that I practice is called heated power yoga. It's vinyasa, and there is a, a lot of uh, meditation that goes uh, – every class, there's a, a period of the class where there's meditation – and um, yes, I do practice that. And I also practice it on my own quite a bit too. 
So uh, when did yoga come about? When, when did the, you know, when were you presented with yoga and this is something you think would help you? Well, in 2014, I had had a 30 year run in the wrestling in, in uh, the a 30 year run in the weight room. And I was like looking for something to replace. I, I couldn't stand lifting weights anymore. It was just, and a friend of mine asked me if I was interested in going to a yoga studio that had opened up in North Kingston, Rhode Island called Rhode Island power yoga. And I said, sure, I really didn't know what it was. And I went and I walked into the room and it was like a hundred degrees and my head was pounding and it was like filled with all these young super yoga girls. Everyone was like, they were like ballet dancers. Everybody was in shape. And I wasn't sure it was going to be for me, but I hung in there and I stayed for that first class. And um, then I kept going back and I kept going back and I kept going back and yoga became what wrestling was to me at one time. I mean, it, I couldn't imagine my life without it. I just came from a, a class in, in, in Newport, Rhode Island, just, tonight with my girlfriend Charlotte we went to um, the same type of yoga and um, once I started practicing yoga it, it's not just the poses and the moves that you do it's the um, the mindfulness and, and learning that I don't have to pay attention to every single thought that comes into my head which was something that I had a really hard time with over the years and I said you you said you, you got sick of uh, weightlifting and I assume that yoga is much uh, better on your joints and your body yeah, it is. And the funny thing about it is I really never lost any of the strength that I had from weightlifting because we do about a million pushups in yoga class. And um, the uh, one time I did get under a bench just to see, uh, just to see, and my, my strength was still there. Like it, it's pretty remarkable from just doing pushups that it was. Um, and, and like you said, it's definitely better on the, jo the joints. I don't have any yoga injuries. I got a lot of weightlifting and wrestling injuries. Right. Have you ever done any uh, DDP yoga? You know, I've never done it. I've just recently watched the movie Relentless. We do this. What he developed, I've never done. But what he took it from, which is a vinyasa flow for sure. It's very similar to what we do. But I watched that, the, the movie that he did, and tears were just streaming down my face. It was just so awesome. And he's such a cool guy. I, I've I passed, I've never crossed in, in all the years that I was in wrestling. And, and um, he just, you know, like, what a great guy and, and what a great thing that he developed. And, you know, um, the fact that he's probably a multimillionaire from it probably doesn't even matter because it's really more about he that, that guy genuinely likes to help people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is really emotional when you see him helping you like Jake the Snake and, and Scott Hall. And the, the, the whole documentary is really good. It's amazing. Uh, Entry, you have another question from the, the chat or, or anybody? Or yourself? Uh-oh. We can't hear you, Andrew. There you go. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just so I wanted to know, uh, um, if, if I order a book, could I get it signed from you? Of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm always looking for some autographs. Yeah. Okay, brother. Oh, look at there. Jones has already got one. <laughs> I should have brought this up to begin with. Where can you get the book? Mm -hmm. uh, the book is available on Amazon and one inch. I promise you one will be oh. arriving in the mail. I'll get, I'll get your oh, address from, from Jack and, and uh, I'll be sure to send one down to you. Oh, excellent. Excellent. I'm always looking for a free book. And I could, <laughs> I could use some yoga. <laughs> Well, uh, you'll have to you'll have to take the rain poncho off. The rain slicker would have to come off for yoga. Give me a little more, 
Put them on mobility. I can't do the downward dog in this. You might, you know, you'd have to find out for yourself. But you know, one <laughs> one quick thing about about the book, guys. Uh, when I when that book was released, um, it actually went to number one in new releases on Amazon, which which I was not expecting. You know, and uh, the Bella Twins, their book had been out for a while, and I actually knocked them off and took the number one spot from the Bella Twins for a while. So take that, Bella Twins. <laughs> Awesome. That's very cool. <laughs> uh, back when you were saying like you were kind of coming in kind of like a transitional period when they're kind of going with uh, younger guys like uh, Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys. But at the same time, there's a lot of veterans around like, you know, King Kong Bundy and Tito Santana you're talking about. And um, Tony Atlas is in the book a lot. A lot of guys I used to see, you know, uh, around a lot uh, uh, for for those guys. um when you were booked on like a Tony uh, Rumble show and you were to go over on on the legends, uh, were they always cool with that? Absolutely not, <laughs> not at all. The the um, Tony made a decision at some point that this Knuckles Nelson idea that he had he was going to push, and I just happened to be the person that got that gimmick. And when he, I remember him telling uh, Tito was always cool because I the the way it would work I is. I would be, yeah. Yeah, I would be getting, um, I would have no chance of beating these guys. And then Tony Rumble would come and pass me a pair of brass knuckles and I would knock them out with the brass knuckles and, uh, and get the one, two, three. And depending on how, you know, much the people like the wrestler that I knocked out, they'd be pretty, pretty uh, furious about it. But I remember Tony Atlas was not into it at all. He did it, but he made it perfectly clear that, um, you know, like he, he didn't think it was realistic that I would beat him, not even with a pair of brass knuckles. But I mean, whether it was Jimmy Snooker, Tito Santana, Perry Saturn, um, um, uh, Devin Storm, like, like the, I knocked out some pretty heavy hitters uh, with, with those with those brass knuckles that Tony um, put in my hand at one point. Yeah. And I don't want to give too much away from the book, but there's a lot of uh, fun stories like, uh, Maybe it probably wasn't fun at the time, but when you're going to California and you have the brass knuckles in your bag and, you know, that's like a felony, you're not allowed to. Uh... Did you ever transition and start using like uh, like plastic brass knuckles, I guess? No, I always had the the, the real deal. And, and I don't mind telling that story at all because it's a, there's something really like um, eerie about that whole story. Like I was in the airport in, in LAX and um, back then we didn't have cell phones and I was calling home just to check my, my answering machine. It was a, a you know, a machine t hooked up to a landline and, uh, and Jeff Katz was on the phone telling me that Tony Rumble had died. And I was in total shock. Like we just didn't, I, I, I just never saw this coming in a million years, but I still had to catch my flight back to Boston. And uh, cause we had, I, me and my cousin, Jimmy had driven across the country and um, he was moving out to LA and I want to give a shout out to Jimmy Fat Arms right now. And we were on our way out there and um, not to be confused with one inch. And um, we uh, anyway, we were out in L.A. And when I found out Tony died, I had to go and put my bag through the through the um, metal detector. And Tony had always told me, always have your gear with you because you never know when you're going to need it. So I brought it with me on this cross country adventure that we went on. And then uh, when I had to fly back, uh, the California State Police took the brass knuckles from me moments after I found out Tony Rumble had died. It's just like, you know, you can't make that up. You know, it's just, it was just, it was really something. And I, and, uh, and that was the beginning of the end for me in wrestling because Tony, Tony babysat me a lot. And, you know, the um, things started to, to, to fall apart pretty quickly after that. Yeah.
Um, is, is Tony? I assume he is Tony Rumble in the um, New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame because he's he's like you know when you think of New England wrestling, especially on the indie scenes, you have to think of Tony Rumble. Yeah, you have to absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sure he is. I, I, I think he is. Yeah. Did you ever uh, have have you ever done anything with? Uh, he's one of my favorites when I was a kid. Is uh, the Duke of Dorchester, Pete Doherty? He's one of my favorites too. And and uh, I was on show some independent shows with him, but I've never been in the ring with him. But he's like a guy that's just like a, you know a pleasure to be around and is uh, you know a, a pretty happy guy and, and and has lived through it all, lived through it all, and seen it all. Yeah. Because when I used to watch Nesson, uh, he had a short run as commentator on there, and I thought he was great, and I wish he would have done more of it. And I always remember, like, uh, so they'd be showing the um, the replay, and the heel would cheat, and and he would be go, it's an optical illusion. And I always thought that was, like, one of the greatest lines for a heel commentator. I th- I'm so happy you brought that up, because I remember him having that run as a commentator, and he yeah. was excellent. He was. He really, yeah, I know to say, like, I would say it on the show a lot, because I always thought he was so good, and I used to always wait for him to come back, because I thought, man, he should be, you know, right below Heenan and and uh, and Jesse and stuff, but he was right up there, I thought, as, like, a really good uh, color guy. I agree. He was right there with them. So uh, when you're in Japan, did you did you ever get to get a Ribera Steakhouse jacket? I did not get a, a, a Ribera Steakhouse jacket. I, we never went there, but I was really lucky to get to go to Japan. I went back and forth to Japan several times for um, Wally Yamaguchi over a two-year period. Well, uh, besides, you know, the wrestling itself, what's Japan like? Did you like the food? And, you know, I know, like, things are smaller, like, just the travel itself. Yeah, we went. We went in New Japan or All Japan. We were in an organization called World Pro Wrestling. It was basically an independent, but um, it, it was um, we traveled extensively. We would like land in Tokyo and end up all the way down to Fukuoka. And if if you're not familiar with what that means, it's like going from the top of the country all the way down to the bottom of it. And we'd be in like small villages and big cities and small towns and in the mountains. And like we, we were, and we wrestled every night and there were some really quality people on those tours, like Barry Darso and wild Bill Irwin. And, and I can't say enough about wild Bill Irwin who reminded me a lot of Pete Doherty. Actually, he's, um, he, he is one of the nicest guys. I've stayed in touch with him to this day. And uh, he really took care of us in Japan. He showed us the do's and don'ts and, especially the don'ts because like we're we're a bunch of idiot wrestlers drinking all the time. And it's, you know, it's only a matter of time before somebody's going to do something stupid. And, um, the, you know, the, the hotel rooms are wicked small. They're small, like your closet in your bedroom. They're so tiny. You would not believe how tiny hotel rooms are. The food was great in some instances and terrible in some instances. A lot of times we'd be stopping at a seven 11, to get junk food to take on the bus to go like you know we yeah we're not uh, going to gyms we're not you know it's just it's just pure wrestling it's it's as old school as it gets i always was a big fan of wild bill Irwin. uh i remember you know him and his brothers the the long riders and i used to have the remco uh, aw action figures actually the long riders uh, and uh, I think he's a really underrated guy and someone that I think people don't talk a lot about because he's another guy that didn't have a lot of, I think, uh, during the pay-per-view era, he wasn't, you know, around very much, you know, on, no, on like, TV a lot. 
Right, but he was a big part of world class championship wrestling. Him and his brother, and the and the AWA, and he was in WCW for a period of time. But the thing about him is, he had so much experience, and he was very willing to pass it on to us younger guys that were like coming up behind him. He didn't feel threatened. He didn't, you know, he he was just um. And one of my, the biggest thrills I ever had was being able to wrestle as one of the super destroyers in Japan because I uh, had told him and Wally, the promoter, that I really loved the Super Ds and they didn't really seem to care about it. But the next day they were giving me the outfit and saying, you know, you're going to be super destroyer tonight. And that was that was the big thing for me. Yeah, I love that, that cool. story in the book. Super destroyer number 21 here on the show. Yes. <laughs> uh Stellar Steve, and he wants to know if there's a lot of Japan stories in the book. There's a whole, there's a whole Japan chapter. The whole, there's a whole chapter from all the different times I went to Japan, everything that happened, and especially the last tour of Japan, which was, which was, um, it was one for the ages. It really was. There was a lot of crazy things that happened on there. We got home safely, but um, there was, um, it, it, you know that that chapter like a lot of the chapters the thing about the book is it, it's the, i tell the truth everything in that book is the truth it's all the truth and um i don't think i threw anyone under the bus but um some of the stuff that happened in japan uh you know have to be seen to be believed i also uh, enjoyed reading uh, a story about wrestling cactus jack and you guys are wrestling all over the building and uh, when I was a kid, my favorite's Roddy Piper, and then a little bit later, uh, Cactus Jack was my favorite wrestler. So I was happy to, uh, to to read about that. Yeah, I was very fortunate. I was in the right place at the right time a lot during my time in wrestling. And guy called me up one time. I can't even remember who it was, and he said, "I'm bringing Cactus Jack," and I was wondering if you would want to work with them. And I was like, "Of course I would." And uh, he had just gotten off a plane from Japan himself. Scott Dickinson drove him up to Champ Serena in Salisbury Beach, Massachusetts. And uh, like the show had already started and we're kind of sweating it out as he come in. People in the crowd, even though it wasn't a big crowd because there was a snowstorm that night, would have been very disappointed because that's why they were all there. But sure enough, he came through the door and uh, he let me do, he let me beat the shit out of him. He let me do whatever I wanted. And and um, it was, uh, for me, it was a really good match. And then, you know, I wrestled in, wwe quite a bit after that and he was always going out of his way making sure you know i was doing okay and would stop and talk to me it was um uh, you know i'm nothing bad to say about mick foley for me yeah was anything hard to uh to you know go back and write about in the book no it really wasn't what happened was when i came back from my first trip to virginia um it just poured out of me it just um something inside of me i i had um, my friend Jeff Katz is a, a uh, talk radio host down in, in Richmond and WRVA. He's got the number one rated show down there. He's also a long time New England. He's a New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer and has been around wrestling for a very long time, still involved in it down, down in uh, Virginia. And um, uh, he asked me when I was down visiting there if I wanted to go see this guy speak at the Virginia War Memorial. And it, was a, it had nothing to do with wrestling. It was a Marine who was plugging his own book. And when he was, his name is Craig Rossi and the book is called Craig and Fred, a Marine, a stray dog and how they saved each other. And this guy was like blowing me away with these stories about how they smuggled a dog back from Afghanistan to the United States, a stray dog that they found. And it's just a, an unbelievable story. And he said, I'm just a Marine. I never thought about writing a book. And I'm sitting there thinking, 
I'm writing a book. I'm going to do it. And when I came home, I sat at my kitchen table. I opened up a, a composition notebook like you had in school. And I just started writing. And I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. I ended up filling up six of those books. I drained four pens. And I wasn't even sure what it was. But I knew it was something. And um, then then over a period of time, then I got an editor and a publishing, a publishing company came on board. And it all just fell into place. And uh and um, you know, I'm I'm really proud of the book. It's you know, it's um, it's it's doing very well. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how Mick Foley wrote his original book was all by hand. Hmm. Well, the funny thing about it is, I walked into the to the um, ed, you know, you got to get someone to edit the book, you know. And I had all my notebooks, <laughs> and I'm like, here's my book. And she looked at me, she laughed me out of her office. She said, "There's not a person on the planet that wants your handwritten notebooks." She said, you need to go and get that thing typed up. It's like, you know, I, I didn't even know what word was. Like, I was so, I was so like, um, I wasn't illiterate, but I was like, you know, I, I wasn't computer illiterate, but I was not, but I got up to speed pretty fast and I ended up pulling it off. How long was that process? It took me two years to, to, to write it and complete it. And some of the stuff I had to wait for it to happen. Uh, before I could write about it. So, it, the, the, you know, it, it wasn't like, for example, um, when I wanted to, to reach out to Jimmy Valiant, he was a stranger to me. I didn't know how he was going to respond. He might not have, he might, I might've said, I, I rode my motorcycle all the way down here from Rhode Island to see if maybe I could have a conversation with you about life. And he could have said, Oh, that's nice. And turned around and walked away. <laughs> Luckily he didn't. Luckily yeah. we're like, you know, we're very, very close friends, but I also did the same thing with the singer from my favorite rock band, Electric Mary, which is a, a band out of Melbourne, Australia. And I looked him up online and we ended up becoming friends and I ended up jumping on a plane and flying over there and going on tour with them and introducing them on stage in big cities like Sydney and Melbourne and wow. Brisbane. And, awesome. and, um, and uh, I, if you like uh, rock and roll the way it used to taste, they're like a really kick-ass band. Uh, and, uh, um, and, you know, that had, to happen before I could write about it. And and when I came back from that trip, uh, the chapter entitled of the Electric Mary Persuasion was very easy to write because I went there and I went with a friend of mine and we had a phenomenal time and uh, it all just unfolded. And, you know, and then when I got back, there was still more to come and more to come until I finally um, was able to have, as they would say, in wrestling, the big finish because the book has a very happy ending. Yeah, and you have a lot of quotes from their from their music, uh, from their lyrics in in the book. Every every chapter has an Electric Mary uh, song lyric in it, and it and it, it it lines up with what's in the chapter. Mm -hmm. I answer another question from uh, the chat room here. No, oh, you're muted again. Sorry. Right. <laughs> I'm scared the rain poncho is making noise. Oh, I so I don't want to I don't want to ruin the interview with that. Yeah. But Golgo 13, he has a question. He wants to know, did you have any bad experience with the click when you're in WWF? Uh no, not at all. Like those guys were in a different completely different um level than, than than I was. Uh I wrestled Scott Hall long before the click was ever even thought of and I never wrestled uh Shawn Michaels or um Kevin Nash but and I was uh I'm not from Killer Kowalski's wrestling school but I'm a Kowalski cousin as they say I trained up there a lot with a lot of people so Triple H was always cool to me because of of that connection. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, what were the differences between uh, working on Raw and working on Nitro? Monday Nitro was like brand new when I was there. It was like, uh, it was so exciting and it was so like, um, no one knew what was going to happen next. It was just like the, 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 the fans were like out of control. It was such a, it was so hot and everything. Raw was, Raw was struggling at the time. It wasn't really like it, it was, you know, they, they were, they were scrambling to reinvent themselves. They were, you know, that's when people like Edge and, Christian and uh, you know um, a bunch of other people that that were you know the, the the WWE was trying to like build them up again and and so it was really at the time I'm talking about '97 you know around 1997 um, Nitro was was head and shoulders above them at, at at that particular time obviously WWE came back and um, kicked their ass in the end but it, it wasn't the case at that time. Uh, all I can say is anywhere I ever wrestled on that upper level of wrestling, there was always plenty to eat. Everybody was always really cool. Um, it didn't like, I can remember being in catering in line for catering at WCW TV taping. And uh, um, I sat down with my food and, and someone says, anyone sitting here? And I look up and it's Hogan and he sits down. And then, then on Anderson sits down next to him and then Flair sits down next to him. And I'm just like, Oh, just please don't say anything stupid. Don't say anything <laughs> stupid. You know, cause it's like, you know, I'm sitting with these, you know, the, the biggest names in all of wrestling and they all really like my wrestling name. And, you know, they were really cool to me. Everybody was always really nice because if you get to that point, you really are one of the boys, you know, it's just different people have different size uh, checkbooks. <laughs> right. Yeah, he said in the in the book that Arn Anderson said that was uh, a great moniker, uh, Knuckles Nelson, or tremendous. Oh yeah. Yep, those were his exact words, but he did. He loved it. He loved the name. Yeah. <laughs> and that, of course, is all thanks to Tony Rumble. So, um, as far as addictions go, which was the hardest for you to kick? Well, I was a daily uh, pot smoker and a uh, daily drinker, and I and I had problems with pills too. And um, really, when the time when I got sober in two thousand and two, I was done. I was done with all that stuff. I knew something had to change in my life, and it was actually pretty easy to put all of it down. The thing that stuck around the longest for me after that was food. Was um, like like I was running out of things to quit. Mm -hmm. So like f food became a real problem for me. And I was just like eating a lot of junk food. And, um, but the, the biggest thing that was the hardest thing for me is what I was left with after I gave all that stuff up, which was a pissed off person. I was pissed off all the time. I was angry all the time. I didn't even know what I was angry about and, um, de dealing with, you know, uh, like I'll call it an eating disorder because I was like eating, like really like unhealthy for a long time. And, um, and, and I, I just didn't know what was wrong with me. And, um, that, that was what was the hardest thing to, to, to find some inner peace and to find, you know, to like myself. And, and luckily I was able to do all that after a really, really, really long time. It took a long time to get to that point. And, uh, with food, food is different than, uh, than drugs or alcohol. Cause you don't have to drink, you know, beer every day, but you have to eat food every day. You can't right. just quit food, so but you have to yeah. delete food, but you try to find something that's good for you. You know, and I told you before we went on the air, like, ask me anything. I also uh, had a bad sex addiction, you know, watching porn and stuff like that. It was just, 
I just like I was always looking for something to fill this empty hole inside of me. And, and it seemed like the hole inside of me had a hole in the bottom of it. And whatever I put in just went right out the bottom. And and finally, um, after a very, very long journey, I was able to like conquer all of it. I really was. I was able to like um I was able to find some answers to all the questions that I had. And and Boogie was a big help. Rusty Brown, the singer from Electric Mary, was a big help. A childhood friend of mine named Bob Catrochi was a big help. Uh, um, Jeff Katz and a lot of people that I met along the way too um, were really helpful and instrumental in me. Um, you know, like I was suicidal. I was like in 2018, there was no doubt I was wanting to check out and like, cause I didn't know what the hell was wrong with me, but I found out and I was able to, um, I was able, you know, to be able to sit here and talk freely about it because one of the things I can tell you um, from all of these experiences I'm talking about is I'm free. I don't have any secrets anymore. I would have never talked about the fact that I was a sex addict or I was like um, an alcoholic or a drug addict or I had road rage and I would get out of my car in traffic and like want to pull a guy out of his car. Like I would never, ever expose that stuff. I would want to act like I was normal and I was as far away from normal. I was totally insane. Totally. It's amazing that I didn't end up behind bars, but I didn't. I was lucky. And, um, you know, today I work for the Rhode Island Public Transit Authority. I'm, I'm a bus driver and I have a great job and a pension and um, I live a healthy lifestyle. And, you know, so it all all's well and ends well. Yeah. Uh, is that still that didn't stop during the pandemic? Because I know some of my buses here, uh, like the people will know this, but the P&B Plymouth Brockton bus, like it's been closed since last May. Guys, it was like being it was like being in a science fiction movie. I'd be driving. No, the bus never stopped. I would be driving around. There's no passengers. I'd be driving around like this guy that was like in a science fiction movie where everybody from from the world disappeared, and and the bus driver doesn't know what to do, so he just keeps driving his bus around. You know, that's what it was. That's what it was like. Yeah, it really was. It was just like that. And I, I assume you were healthy. Did Did you get COVID during this or? I haven't. I've been so far so good. And, and, you know, ridership has picked up again, but we have plexiglass between us that keeps me safe, um, you know, and, and, you know, and, and I, I wear the mask and uh, no, I, I never got it. I, so, so far I haven't. Good. That's good. good. I get my first shot tomorrow. So good. Oh, excellent. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully things will start going more back to normal. So what was it about Jimmy Valiant? I know he's like your, your favorite wrestler, you know, growing up, but what was it about him that you thought, you know, I would like to meet him and talk to him about life. And I think this would be something that will help me. Well, um, I met him very briefly at the 2018 New England pro wrestling hall of fame. And when he got up to, he was being inducted himself by Sheldon Goldberg into the New England. Uh oh. I think we New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. He froze up on us. And when Boogie got up to the podium, this was before any of this life transformations uh, occurred for me. And uh, I, I, I just found that um, everything he had to say. I felt better. Everything he said, I just felt better and better and better. And I was like, man, I'd really like to talk to this. Am I still there? Yeah, you're back now. Okay. Am I back? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're talking about uh, – we hear you good now. You're talking about uh, everything that Jimmy Valiant was saying, you know, uh, hit home to you. 
Yeah, and, and when he was doing his acceptance speech, I, I really wanted to talk more at, at length with him, but it wasn't meant to be that night because he left the building and and was gone. But um, it was really just a, um, a a leap of faith that I, you know, he's a biker, I'm a biker, I'm going to go down there. And I went and I drove down to Shawsville, Virginia, which is a small town outside of Roanoke. And um, I told him who I was and he had no idea who I was. I was a stranger to him. And and uh, I told him, you know, my life had been really tough lately. And I started telling him everything. And he listened. And wrestling practice was going on around us. It wasn't like we were alone in the room. And and uh, and he gave me his complete undivided attention. And since then, we talk all the time. Like we like he he's like a second father to me. And um, I've been down to his uh, Boogie's Wrestling Camp Hall of Fame and Museum in Shawsville, Virginia, several times. And I, I was telling you before, I highly recommend it especially to someone that lives in West Virginia. It's, it's really not that far. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's so much rest. There's five buildings of memorabilia and history and, um, you know, just so much to, to see. It's, it's, a, it's open from noon to four every Sunday, and um, it's, it's well worth the trip. Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely want to check it out sometime. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a yeah. cool uh, in-your-head road trip. Oh, yeah. Jack and well, man hit the road again. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can tell you, I can tell you guys this. There is something coming up that I'm going to be doing for Handsome Jimmy Valiant that I can't reveal just yet because I want to make sure my ducks are in a row. And if it if it happens, I'll be sure to let you know the date. And that might be the time to come because it would be an opportunity to see. I'm I'm planning on it's a big surprise, and I'm I'm kind of leaving you know like a, a lot out because I don't want to say it's something that I want to do. I'm either doing it or I'm not doing it. It looks like it's going to happen, so I'll keep you posted. And if that happens, that might be the time to come because we're going to have a lot of people there. I'm sure a lot of people from his wrestling past, a lot of the wrestling students. There's a the you know Boogie's wrestling camp has a big family of, of people that that are a part of it and um. And, and hopefully this will all come off like soon within the next few months. So I'll keep you posted on that. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, do you still watch wrestling? I do. Of course I do. Like I, I, I watch a lot of older stuff on YouTube. I'm constantly uh, for some reason going back to the, to the old days. But uh, when AEW burst on the scene, I enjoyed it immensely. I thought it was great. But as my friend Sheldon Goldberg would say, wrestling without fans is like a shower without water. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when those first uh, pay-per-views they were doing and those first shows um, and and just the the way they were just kicking the shit out of each other because they, you know, it it was just, um, and, 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 you know, a lot of people put down a lot of the the, the wrestling today. I I find it thoroughly enjoyable, like, you know, watching the Lucha Brothers or the Young Bucks or Kenny or, um, you know, any of them. I I just think they're awesome. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh before the pandemic i got to go to a, a few of the live shows once in boston and my uh friend uh listens to the show uh, chi town matt i'd go down to chicago and we went to uh some of the shows and it's one of the best live shows i've ever been to the crowd so you know when there was crowds there's crowds so hot and it just that really adds to the atmosphere and yeah, that, stuff that they don't show on air after you know cody and all the guys come out and you could tell it really means a lot to them that you know everyone's there and the Cody was throwing his boots out to the crowd and it was just a really nice time, you know? Oh, that's really cool. And of course, you know, ring of honor, the NWA, uh, all, and there's more, there's other promotions. Like there's so much good wrestling out there and whoever would have imagined it was going to go back to this. I mean, it's, there's plenty of places for, 
for uh, young up and coming wrestlers and established wrestlers to go now and work. And hopefully we are going to get back to some semblance of normalness and, and uh, you know, have some big crowds and, and uh, you know, and, and the, the run that rest the wave that wrestling is riding right now will continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause uh, like you said, it's just, even if for whatever reason, someone doesn't personally like AEW or ring of honor or impact or anything, the more wrestling promotions out there, uh, the better it is for wrestling is more people can make a living in wrestling and uh, more places for people to go. If you get, uh, if you get burnout in one company, you could go to another company. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, been, it's an exciting time again uh, for wrestling, especially now it seems like at least there's somewhat of a crowd. WrestleMania had a pretty good crowd. Yeah. And, uh, so hopefully going forward, we'll get the crowds back. Cause with no crowd, it really, and it's no fault of any of the wrestlers or anything, because what can you do? But it just mm-hmm. doesn't have that feel to it when they're out there wrestling in, in front of nobody. Well, as a fan, I couldn't agree with you more. So the book is Waking Up from the Wrestling Ring to the Yoga Mat by Brendan Higgins. And you people get that on Amazon. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Not just you're here. It's a really good book. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a pretty big book. It's got a lot of cool pictures in the middle. I recommend it. Oh, excellent. Uh, oh, he's, he's doing a headstand on the front. <laughs> I can't do that. I know that. <laughs> that, that. That photo right there was taken at the Newport Cliff Rock in, in Newport, Rhode Island. It's a really cool area. Oh, I had all these little rocks on my head, and I... <laughs> Was yelling to the photographer, "Please get this shot." It was it really hurt, but luckily we pulled it off. It's it's well worth it. It's something it, it, I didn't think about. It does look painful. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I appreciate coming on. It's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, did we lose them right here at the end? Hey guys, it's been great. Oh, and there I, he goes. I, and I, like I said, I'll keep you guys posted on the big thing at, at Bookies this year. Excellent. All right. Yeah, hey, we'll do this again sometime. Oh, most definitely. Okay. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. Take care. Okay. Bye. All right. Well, that was very Excellent. cool, man. Yeah. Good stuff there. All right. I may have got me a free book. What? <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. I thought like the poncho might be making noise when I'm turning my I head see. and stuff. I like and... the poncho. I think I think mm-hmm. it's good. I think it's working. No, if we're if we get a rain delay on in your head, uh huh. I'm prepared. Look, it's even. Before we go, oh wow, I didn't even know this. Uh, that's it's sweet. it's WWE branded. Let's see. Did you buy that specifically? Did they start selling that because of the? The WrestleMania. Wait, how long no. have you had that? The sad thing is, I've had this for like two or three years now, <laughs> and this is the only use that I found for it. So, of course, I've broke it out for this. I like it. I think uh, it works. So, before we go into the WrestleMania a review, mm-hmm. well, first of all, I really did like the book. Yeah. Waking up from the wrestling ring to the yoga mat. Uh, a lot of cool wrestling stories in there in Japan. Uh, New England Indies working for WWF, uh, working you know Nitro, 
and then his uh, recovery and, and yoga and meeting Jimmy Vine. Um, but I also want to say, so we're going into WrestleMania. I didn't, I wasn't really looking forward to the card. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. And then it opens and there's the rain delay. And I'm thinking this is going to be a total disaster. <laughs> that being said, I was pleasantly surprised. Night one, I thought was was uh, overall a good show. There's stuff I yeah. wasn't crazy about, but overall it was a good show. I would say, I mean, I don't want to jump ahead too far, but I would say I probably like night one better uh, than night two. I definitely like night one better. Yeah. But I felt bad for Drew McIntyre because it looked like he was getting so upset during his promo he was it looked like he was about to cry honestly because i think he was just having that feeling like my last wrestlemania i was at the show with no fans and now i'm at this wrestlemania and it's probably going to get canceled because of the rain and like it looked like he was legit upset at that point at at the beginning i really thought like i'm watching something that's going to be a big disaster it's not going to be any good but it's going to be memorable because there's matches aren't going to happen like Uh what am i watching and it was weird because like i guess they told the whole crowd to keep going back to their cars like every time like really yeah and i was like could you imagine being in the crowd and like you just have to get up and go to your car (laughs) go to your car because i don't think it's like you know you've been at shows it's not that easy just to get up and walk back to your car and it's not like it's like two feet away or something no 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 especially would be awful yeah i mean because like i mean unless you're parked right beside the door which i highly doubt most people were you would have to walk probably a couple miles just to get to your car and then like you go back and then you got to keep going (laughs) so yeah so that's all going on i'm thinking this is this gonna be this is gonna be bad but uh then it started um first of all honestly having the the your main title open the show is is kind of silly like i get i i actually don't have a problem with especially when we get to the match i don't have a problem with the women's belt main eventing the show but um that doesn't mean you have to have your main title open the show. You know what I mean? It could be, you know, right before that or in the middle. Of yeah. The, I don't know. It seems strange. Yeah. I, I thought maybe the placement of that, maybe they wanted to uh, make sure the title match was on the show. Maybe they thought the rain might have come mixing in again, maybe. And like maybe they couldn't do the whole show. So they wanted to get that match in. So at least they had their main event, but still it was weird having it be the yeah. curtain jerker. After watching it, they uh, just the match wise, they made the right choice for what came last, honestly. Mm-hmm. We'll get mm-hmm. to that. But uh, Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. Um, it's, it was a fine match. I'm not, I wasn't crazy about it. Um, it was kind of just too, uh, it wasn't that, it was fine. I wouldn't say it's bad. I wouldn't say it's like a WrestleMania match. I'll remember. Mm-hmm. I was very shocked by the finish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like Lashley as champ. Uh, I don't, I'm not crazy about his matches. I like the character and, and him and MVP together. I was very surprised though, that the guy that seemingly is like, you think this is the guy that WWE wants to be their new guy uh, to get basically he didn't tap out, but you know, he just submits in in the uh-huh. end and really clean. There was little interference, but no like real cheating. So it was very surprising to me. Yeah, it was surprising to me too. Uh, I just um, 
I was shocked. I, I thought that um, it was just a given that Drew McIntyre would have won. So, and I do like it when wrestling is unpredictable. I mean, sometimes it's it can be just shocking for no for no, for reason. no reason. Yeah, but I mean, they put, I was all right they with put it. them over strong, and then they kept talking the rest of the weekend about the the Almighty Era. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get it. It's weird though. Both shows has the strong heel champion. You think when you have two shows, you might want to, you know, instead it's kind of the same thing. Like you have the the big unde- unbeatable heel champion on both shows. You yeah. think maybe you'd reverse, you know, try to have the other show a little different, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this next match I thought was just bad. This was maybe the worst match. Well, maybe there's probably one I didn't like, but uh, this was not a good match. The tag team turmoil match with all the women tags match. Tag oh, team. yeah. This is bad. Well, I, I, the, 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 the two teams that I even cared about, I was like, it's going to be Riot Squad or it's going to be Carmella and Lana because I, I could figure them doing something with Lana because they had that whole storyline with Nia Jax. And everything. Yeah, right. You would think and, you know, you, that builds up at least. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then it's like the team that I thought had absolutely nothing going for it uh-huh. is the team that won. Yeah. And I'm like, what <laughs> like who who wants to like okay if you're gonna think like one wrestler is gonna be on two nights of uh-huh. wrestlemania it's not good tamina tamina oh. yeah and natalia yeah i like natalia but it's like this isn't like a hot team you know I, maybe they're trying to improve their status in the company but you don't do that on wrestlemania this is wrestlemania this is the main show you know you build them up beforehand and i mean you really to do this kind of match to begin with when there's only one established team in the whole thing Mm -hmm. the riot squad's the only team that like has actually been a team that i know of i mean but the other ones might have been a team once or twice but they're not like what you think of as a tag team Mm -hmm. and brains brains he brings up the slip uh that uh that uh mandy rose had whenever she was coming to the ring i think and some other slips yeah, there's some other slips throughout the uh the match but yeah, this was bad yeah was a bad match bad match lots of botching by everybody mm. <laughs> botches botchamania approved yeah, it was bad bad time uh the next match um this was the first match on, on, on WrestleMania that I felt like, oh, wow, we're watching WrestleMania because this one was was good. And it was uh, Cesaro and Seth Rollins. I thought this was really good stuff. A well, great moment for Cesaro. Uh-huh. Brings him up for sure. Hopefully they follow up on it. And it seems like Seth is comfortable with working with Cesaro and, you know, taking a step back and, you know, helping his buddy yeah. out. It's only taken and, like five years to finally, hey, okay, maybe we should get do something with this guy. Yeah, really. Galgo, on, on the previous match, he brings up a, a good point. Vince just wanted to see Tamina and Nia Jax headbutt each other on night two. So maybe that's the reason they won. I'm sorry, we were talking yeah, about just a lot uh, of makeshift bad tag teams in this. Mm-hmm. That was just the pits. That was the pits. That was the pits. Yeah. Cesaro Seth Rollins, really good stuff. Oh, it was yeah. a nice moment, even the build up to it. And then they did the right thing. I mean, the guy that you want to see win and get a good moment. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I was happy for Cesaro. You could tell he was a 
pretty happy about uh, getting the win on WrestleMania and having a singles match on the actual show. So, and I was happy for him because I yeah. mean, the guy's been around forever and he's been over at various times and he's never really had that big spot. So, and good for uh, Seth Rollins for doing that for him. Yeah. You know? So, uh, uh, the next match was, uh, I mean, it was, uh, it was fine, but it was uh, AJ Styles and Omos versus uh, the New Day. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, New Day, they, they really sold uh, Omos. Oh, yeah. Whenever he got into the ring, because they had that moment where they kind of stopped and they looked at each other like, you believe this, you know? I thought that was well done on their behalf. Probably to his detriment, Kofi is a guy like that that will really put people over by selling. Mm-hmm. But I don't mm-hmm. know if it's I mean it's helped him and in, in, in the fact that they use him a lot, but it's also probably has hindered him in some way because you know he got really over and was champ, but it really didn't go anywhere and then he mm-hmm. got killed by Brock. And I don't know if like the really established guy should just get destroyed like this, but you know, you they want to get over this new giant, and the guy yeah. is giant. I don't know. This this was no way to tell if, if there's anything there or not. I kind of think there probably isn't, but they're they're protecting him, yeah. yeah. At this point, and, it seems like, and we're in a weird era of wrestling where I don't know if just a, a big giant dude who's not necessarily mm-hmm. very good can really how far yeah. they can get. I mean, when you look at him, he is impressively tall. I mean, because yeah. like he's he got, towers he's very, over everybody. Doesn't have like a lot of charisma. No, Every not not that I've seen so thus far. But it almost uh, looked like he was giggling like like a kid, like pretending he was wrestling. Maybe. I mean, I'm sure he's pretty green. I'm sure he's yeah. he hasn't. I mean, because they, they get a big guy like that in WWE, they want him in the ring just like instantly. Which he's been around with AJ for a while, but I mean, how much training has he honestly had? Weird AJ point? went from uh Undertaker's last match, last WrestleMania to uh to like this mm-hmm. weird tag team match. Oh, we forgot about that. Stellar Steven brings up Cesaro's UFO was cool when he was doing the airplane spin with no hands. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The good point there, Steven. And uh, Brain says Cesaro has a natural likability. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Former guest on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was fine. I mean, it was, you know, I hate that saying it was what it was, but it was what it was. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon. This whole buildup is just bizarre. You know, they build it up that Shane is a bully to this uh, man. Yeah, but I, I have to admit, I do like it because, <laughs> like, just that there's there's an angle where he takes a moment to take out two big buckets of slime and pour over somebody. It's so bizarre. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> To me, this is this is like if Revenge of the Nerds, if uh-huh. Ogre just beat up all the nerds. Uh-huh. He, was the, he was the hero of the movie. Yeah. Okay. And the nerds were picking on 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 Ogre. Uh, he's 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 fighting for all the idiots. Uh-huh. Like, oh, I've been called dumbass, and now I'm gonna fight for all the dumbasses. Mm-hmm. I'll. Say, uh, Shane took a hell of a bump off the top of the cage. <laughs> I don't know how smart that yeah. was. Yeah, man, doing that I did like the spot where he ripped the cage open. I did too. That was legit a good spot. That was cool. I thought yeah. that was really neat in that yeah. match. Uh, this this was actually better than I expected it to be. 
getting a lot of comments about Cesaro in the chat room. We keep going back to it, but uh, Glogo13 says he, he, he really wishes Cesaro would have jumped to AEW. As I would think, he is a guy that will always be at a certain level in WWE. He could also have new opponents in AEW. I agree with that. I, I, even if they throw him a bone here, I kind of doubt. I remember that time when he body slammed the big show over the top rope in the in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, and that seemed like a cool moment to go somewhere and it never went anywhere. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's gotten over a few times and it never goes anywhere, so we'll see. Uh, the next match, I'm going to a break from the internet. A lot of the internet thought this was great. I was not a fan of this, but it was uh, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest over uh, they beat Miz and Morrison, and a lot of people were really praising Bad Bunny. Uh, uh maybe it's maybe there's a little jim Cornette in me but it's like this like 100 pound dude who looks like nothing and he's doing all these moves to guys he's like beating them up and then mm-hmm. he's doing canadian destroyers outside of there it just looked really goofy to me yeah i mean as far as his performance goes i think it was it was, it was all right but i, I it was the match doing much for me not really honestly i was sitting there feeling bad for miz I was thinking, you know, the Miz is so talented. And Morrison. And, and Morrison, too. He And the Miz, I think, really goes beyond whenever it comes to working for WWE. I think he's he, one of the best heels in the company. Uh, and he is, like, the epitome of, like, a good worker for the company, where he will, he will just do anything for the company. And yet, they just kind of crap on the guy. And, like, they stick him into this. I mean, it is a big spot. But essentially, he's just there to to make Bad Bunny look good. Mm-hmm. A guy who's not like a, a wrestler, you know? Yeah. I know people are like, oh, wow, he did the Canadian story. But really, it's like the other guy just backflipped and he's and he uh, went along. I mean, the Canadian uh, destroyer is pretty much controlled by the other opponent. I mean, yeah. they're just kind of just flipping over the guy, I would say, you know? Yeah, and he was, like, beating him up and, you know, like, punching. I don't know. I, I was not a like, fan of the match. But. Some of the shots looked pretty, like, legit. Like, I think he might have really punched him on some of his shots because, like, I saw Miz go back, like, shit. <laughs> this stuff is fake. What are you doing? <laughs> How about, uh, the, you like, the intro with all the bunnies? I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't I like that. They were whole, I thought they were doing some kind of, like, like some kind of hand gesture, but the more I looked at it, I think they were literally holding the mask on. Like it would just would have oh, fell really? off unless they were holding it up, which is, I noticed some of the ears just came right off on some yeah. of the bunnies. Like they were not very well constructed, you know? Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I wasn't too much of a fan of Miz and Morrison's Hey, Hey, Ho, Ho hip hop song. I couldn't or whatever. hear them really. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm definitely very upset about some of the audio. I, I think we'll get into it on night two, but I, I just think it was it's 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 a real shame how they did some of the bands. That was bad. Oh yeah, the yeah yeah. Especially oh my two. Oh my god, that was just awful. I mean, and I felt and it's a bad audio mix, you know. And it's like because though the female singer for Rhea Ripley like. She was just, it was almost like, it felt like she was screaming and uh-huh. she couldn't even hear the music because exactly. it didn't sync together. 
I thought that was just awful because this person, they're this band. They probably haven't been on a big stage like this much in their life. And, and the audio person for WWE just really screwed them over because I mean, the song sounded like shit. I mean, yeah. all you could hear was the lady singing and it sounded, I don't know if that people were playing to track or if it they were really playing whenever this happened, but you could not hear anything, but yeah, the and I don't, and I think it was, it wasn't synced properly. Yeah. It was like the music was a little bit before, you know, it wasn't matched up. So the, the lyrics did match the, the track. And this isn't like the first time WWE's done this to somebody before too. They've had a lot of bad audio mixes and it's like, come on guys, get this shit in order, you know? And it's like, this person's never been on a big show like this. And I'm sure they're, they're destroyed now because mm-hmm. it was a bad audio mix. And it's like, it's not fault to her for the mm-hmm. performance. This was, that was her brutality. Exactly. She got a lot of it. So I felt bad for her. I thought that was awful that how they had a terrible audio like that. But so uh, the main event on this one, I've not seen a lot of Bianca Belair, so I didn't. I don't know a lot about her because I don't uh, watch. I'm watching NXT for a while. To me, this was the match of, of WrestleMania match of that night, and I think the best match, maybe the whole the whole uh, weekend, uh, Bianca Belair yeah. versus Sasha Banks. I thought this was excellent enjoyable match yes it's most definitely i and i know she kind of broke character at the beginning because she was kind of you know just stunned from being there and she kind of broke up a little bit but that, that's yeah, fine I think it's fitting yeah yeah i mean because it means a lot to me that i know the person actually cares that you know they're where they're at you know they're not mm-hmm. i mean it's like a real life you know the boyhood boyhood dream back when michaels mm-hmm. was but you know that was probably more fakey. But yeah. not that it wasn't his dream. But you know he was like a cocky guy. I doubt he was too emotional about winning the mm. title. But you know this seemed legit. And she's supposed to be the face, so that's a face right, so response. Fit, yeah. So it fits. And Sasha, so I I feel Sasha's a better heel. She really mm-hmm. worked as a good heel in the in this match. They had mm-hmm. great chemistry. Uh, yeah. a huge like. A big like cut up her side from the from getting whipped with the hair. It was kind of now crazy. when she hit her with the hair, I was thinking somebody added that audio. Like I don't think hair could make like a whack, like a like a just a a whack, like a, and but maybe it did. I, yeah. I don't know. So I mean, I think when like a horse's hair, like if they hit you with their tail, sometimes it really hurts. So, yeah. but like I, I guess it could really hurt. So this was great, and um, it wasn't um sometimes. I mean, sometimes they'll make sure that we, they put a women's match in the main event to make a statement like, hey, the women are here. Uh, this felt like a legit main event, and it was uh, they both of them really rose up to it and put mm. on a great uh, match. And yeah, does it was deserved in its spot. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was night one, and I was pleasantly surprised. I had a good time. Like, oh, I didn't yeah. love everything, but overall, I thought, it was way better than last year. And it's been so long since we had a, a, a show with the fans in the crowd that it felt good to see a WWE show. Definitely, like definitely. That. that adds so much. So uh-huh. much. I will say the oh. commentary in both nights was atrocious, I thought. Yeah, yeah. They were just the pits. And why do they bring out the old people that we like a lot just to be like shuffled backstage again? You know, it's like, and we're left with Corey Graves and Michael Cole. And it was, like, hey. it was. 
it's like well, I, they don't need to mix it up so much it seemed like yeah. every match had like a different commentary team mm-hmm. like okay like it just got weird it's like did Samoa Joe just keep coming and going like it was weird yeah I don't get one it. match and then he'd be gone and just seems like a, that seems like just a waste of time mm-hmm. and they had America the Beautiful saying by um, some uh, performing artist yeah, who, I, don't, I didn't know I'm not familiar with him and then yeah. people yelling at me I don't know him either, so uh, they can yell at me if they want. But um, I guess she's pretty famous. So yeah, Dobbs was jacking off to her. Now was he? Hmm. How about that? But I just want to say on night two, they didn't do it, but they showed like from like clips of the wrestlers standing outside from the first <laughs> that night. Was the, that was the worst. Why would you do that? I mean, and the person, the person's in the ring singing "America the Beautiful," and it's like, well, these are clips from the first night. We we they won't sh- even bring them out. Don't quite. They show the live singer, and then they show a clip, which you assume the people are all on 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 the uh, on the stage watching it. But that's from last night. So they show the reaction of the WWE wrestlers from the previous night to the previous uh, national anthem. But they show that interclipped with the new one. Like, mm. why even show that at all? Yeah. Either just show know. this person sing or have all the re- Why can't the wrestlers come out twice? And if they can't, just show the person sing. Yeah, because it made her look bad, I think. Like, yeah, it was she weird. Gets, like, why, canned footage. Why would, you, why would you even do that? Canned footage of wrestler reaction. <laughs> it's like, that's were what they, they just trying do. to bury this lady? Why didn't they do that for the wrestling? They'd be like, they could just show crowd reactions from like an Austin match during the mm-hmm. Attitude Era, and like previous, you know, like this was from you know 1996. Now I will say that I watched a little bit of the Hall of Fame, and I thought it was absolutely horrendous. I agree 100. percent Oh my god! I couldn't like, finish it. it. Sucked. Why didn't they do like people sitting at like they used to do it when the wrestlers would be sitting at their own tables, you know, and get reactions yeah. from that? And from what I understand, the the crowd wasn't even really there. Oh, really? That was like can that they Dude. they did the acceptance speech with no one and then they just put in uh old footage of uh of uh of battle dome stuff. Oh my god, but, it was awful. Yeah, it was so phony. Every every speech was clearly just uh re, was you know scripted. I got to no passion. I got somewhere past Juice and Thunder Liger, and I was just like, I can't take any more of this. This is just bad. I had to watch the NWO. Yeah. And like, it was so phony and they spent the whole time just thanking WWF for the NWO. And I was just like, what? Yeah. You want to talk phony? <laughs> I was like, WWF had nothing to do with the NWO. It was so bad. They were just like, of course. And they reiterated this several times. None of this would have happened if we weren't, you know, big stars in WWF and then they made it that the NWO was WWF invading and I was like all right guys Jesus I didn't watch your speech but that would have been horrendous oh I'll say uh, uh uh Scott Hall I mean uh not Scott Hall experience but um Sean Waltman looks really good I'd like to see him come yeah in. yeah he did look good from the little bit of footage that I've seen so what did you think of uh Titus and Hogan together <laughs> 
It was just strange. I mean, like, like you had one guy who was like who clearly should be there, and then the other guy who's clearly out of his league. Like, yeah, and they like, booed the guy, and they booed the Hogan. Yeah, why? Guy, is it because of the? I think stuff probably. That's been a while ago, but I don't. I mean, know. that's for been forever ago. I mean, I mean, I. I think they're better off just not having a, a host. You don't need a host. It's just uh-huh. dumb. Yeah. This needs night two is even dumber when they're dressed as pirates. I think that was night two. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, it was dumb. I thought it was funny just to see him come out in a pirate outfit, but like, <laughs> yeah. and then they start doing the promo. I'm like, oh, okay. They, they're like always, they're ruining it. And poor Bailey. I thought Bailey was like a serious heel. Now she's like a goofball. Yeah, they're kind of turning her into just a goofball anymore because she just has her ding dong show, and then yeah. And they they had Tamina wrestle twice, and you had Lana and Dana Brooke, and and you couldn't have a match for Bailey. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, is she hurt or something? Like I, I don't I don't understand why they want to have a match for Bailey instead so I, of that goofy spot. I mean. So, so she night- was just there to be like the whipping post for the yeah, Bella just twins. Idiot. Oh, god. Yeah. oh my god, the Bella twins uh on the Hall of Fame. That was that was unbearable. Yeah. They just I kept think- giggling and oh. uh, I think that just that was one of the reasons I was just like, uh, I can't I can't take any more of this. <laughs> I wanna I wanna watch the whole thing, but I just couldn't do it. That's right. They, I used oh, man, so cheesy. I used to really look forward to the Hall of Fame. I don't look forward to it that no, much. I haven't anymore. looked forward to it for a few years. I really just watched some of it this year because I haven't watched much wrestling and ugh, not good. So speaking of not good, night two opens with uh, probably the worst match on the show. A very very long. Uh, ring entrance for randy orton mm-hmm. i think they replayed his music more than once yeah and then this the fiend comes out of a out of a jack in the box uh-huh. in the box and yeah he, now he's come back from the dead he's burned alive you know they, they had this crazy feud burn him alive he's been feuding with uh with alexa bliss randy orton is and so to build all this build up, and then so they just have a plain wrestling match. He's burned alive, and he, and she used telekinesis to try to kill Randy Orton, but one RKO puts down the fiend. I was like, "What is this match? It's just shit." Well, there was also the tunnel of like reincarnation, or uh, or the t- tunnel of yeah, healing. So he's not burned anymore. Yeah, he was burned all up, and as he walked through the tunnel, it all just went. Sh- went away when you think if you have the power to to take away you know to not die from or come back from the dead and to have a tunnel you can walk through and all and take mm-hmm. away all your burns and randy orton got beat by alexa bliss pinned by alexa bliss well don't you think he could beat a guy in a match you can't even beat a dude he gets beat by one the rkos enough to take him out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this match sucked 
like when Alexa Bliss came out and she had the whole dripping crown thing on her head and she had all, all the black stuff running down her face, the black liquid stuff. And then she kind of screwed Bray Wyatt because like he stopped and he stared like yeah. and then Randy Orton RKO'd him. So are they going to be fighting against each other? Or, or This is what I've I've gathered because I didn't watch Raw. I, well, I gather from from reading the Internet intro. Is that I could be wrong. This is what I what I this is the knowledge I've got from what I've read. Is that Sister Abigail has fully possessed Alexa Bliss, and uh, now Sister Abigail has turned on the Fiend. So I guess the next feud is going to be the Fiend versus Alexa Bliss. Now who wants to see that? This like three hundred twenty pound dude against like this ninety pound woman. Yeah, I don't want to see that. It's gonna be like, I I thought they couldn't have worse matches. That that'll be just the worst thing I've ever seen. Out even outside of wrestling, just the worst thing I've seen in my life. I mean, they're totally ruined Alexa Bliss. I mean, this her character was like she was getting over, you know, as just little Miss Bliss and all that. And now it's I just like say, I will say, I see a lot of fans who are loving it. On the they're other. loving it. Yeah. I'm not loving it. I'm I th- not either. But- I think this is only going to ruin careers, honestly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the crowd booed it. They were just open yeah. to booing it. And this was, you know, it's bad if you get like this crowd's the first crowd they've seen in like two years. And it's the opening match, and they're and you get them to boo. That's not that's not a good sign. Uh, Gogo thirteen says Cornette loved it because it's always awesome when someone comes out of a box in wrestling. Was that a Cornette move or something? Well, he always said he always said that when he he, uh, you know, that's something that uh, Russo always quotes. Oh, he comes out of a box. He he's always over. Or whatever. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Yeah, that wasn't even done well because like she, the the music ended and then he didn't even pop up and then she kept turning it then he kind of slowly popped up oh when she was turning the knob to do it yeah she could barely turn that either because she's very little Mm -hmm. what a bunch of shit she needs a more practice handling the pole i mean you know gotta turn that maybe she could use her mouth to move it might have helped Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler versus Natalia. Might have helped to get Bray Wyatt to pop up, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever want to see a Bray Wyatt match again. <laughs> <laughs> There's good praise from Jackie Jones. I don't think I ever want to see a Bray Wyatt match again. No, it's just pitiful stuff. Mm. Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler versus Natalia. Tamita, I'll say this was better than I expected it to be, but it was like it was like two years long. It felt it did feel long. I did like the headbutt spot. That's about all I can say. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was good. It wasn't. Yeah. It was better than I expected, but not because I thought it was good. It, I expected it to be you know just awful, but yeah, it was probably the best Tamina match I've seen, but it still wasn't a good match. Which, if you are a Tamina and you're on WrestleMania, you best pull out your best match at that point. What was the so. point of this? So you do two nights to build up Tamina and Natalya, and they just lose. They didn't want to take the belts off of them, I guess. Why so, even bother with this? I don't know. 
they had two nights of wrestling and they had to do something, I guess. Then they put they, there's guys that weren't even on the show that could have been on the show. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Shayna Baszler should be mad at Alexa Bliss for taking her gimmick with all the black paint around her eyes. You know, she has a lot what, of black. Boy, they wasted her. She was like so cool in NXT. Yeah. Now she's like the the loser of the team. Mm. Well, she kicks Oscar's uh, teeth out. I felt bad for Oscar on that one. She posted a video on her YouTube where she was going to the dentist and stuff. And it's like, this poor lady. She had her teeth knocked out and now she has to go to the dentist to get it fixed and everything. Intra, I think I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna apologize to you. And so I you? Just, yeah, I'm gonna say I think I think you're right. I think Nia Jax isn't very good. <laughs> um no, I mean she's she's had good moments where uh, she, she maybe we flip flopped. I don't like her and now you're like loving her. Well, she's she's had entertaining spots where I think she's cut funny promos, you know, but yet in the ring she's. I think she's regressing. She's not definitely not getting any better. Yeah, maybe she's getting more comfortable and just kind of resting on her. Just pounding, just falling on people. Yeah. Uh, the next match picked uh, up this night too. I really like this one. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Oh yeah, yeah. I expected more though from it. I like, agree with that. I also think um, overall on night two, I thought all none of the finishes were particularly great, except no. the next one was pretty good. But the uh, it was like a really lackluster finish. Yeah, like it was just, and it was just kind of like your just getting into the match, and it just uh-huh. yeah, I would have expected more. I didn't, and it just didn't quite deliver. I mean, we've seen these guys go head to head before in the past, and this is WrestleMania, so they must be pulling out the spots on this match. But it, it wasn't bad. I, I'm not going to say it was bad, but I, I did expect more. Maybe they just didn't have the time given to them. For I think that's. I mean, they should have took off, you know, five or six minutes off the other one and added to this one. Yeah, there's no reason yeah. for the women's tag match to go for so long, and this one to not mm-hmm. really. Because, uh, you know, we've seen these guys wrestle a hundred times and uh, they can go and they have a little chemistry together. You know, give it some time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Sami Zayn's a great uh, heel. I don't understand Logan Paul's involvement. I'm not that familiar with Logan Paul either, but I know, like, he's had some controversial videos on YouTube that's kind of got him flagged for a few things. But, like, that's all I really know about him. Yeah, I didn't know anything about him. And then, you know, people call him, you know, yell at me, but I don't know. I don't, yeah. I didn't know one celebrity on this show. <laughs> I'm not familiar with Bad Bunny. I'm not familiar. I, I knew of Logan Paul because I think his brother went to a mall or something like that. And he was filming in the mall that was being like looted at the time or something like that. And he kind of got in some trouble or something. I think that was him. I could be wrong about that. But I I really don't know the guy, so I don't know anything about his video. It's like, how's he on YouTube? I watch a lot of YouTube, and I, I never see anything come up about him. Yeah, I was yelled at, like, oh, you got to know him. He's got 22 million followers. I don't fucking know. But the, um, yeah, I don't know him that well either. But I've heard of him, but I don't know. I heard something like he was in the suicide forest, and they found a guy, and they start laughing. That's what Yeah, it's messed up. Yeah, the um, that's what you know. People told me this after after WrestleMania. The uh, uh, 
the song that they kept playing all, you know, both nights that, you know, and it's probably like a nice song, but it, it was not fitting at all for wrestling. It was like this really like kind of upbeat. It kind of, I don't even know what it is. I think it was by the weekend or something, but oh, it, the weekend, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of reminded me of the song that Buffalo Bill, you know, dances in the mirror to, it's like <laughs> Goodbye Horses, kind of. Well, his, his, his songs are all kind of like that, it seems like kind of mellow and kind of like oh, da, 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 it wasn't da, da. like you think a guy's beating his shit out of each other. And no. this one, yeah. It doesn't... They play it like 8,000 times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Seamus versus Riddle. It's kind of like when they had Sledgehammer as like, they're, it's like, I want to be Sledgehammer. And it's like, I don't associate that with like, hey, these guys are fighting. Triple H was a Sledgehammer. Well, that's true. But yeah, no, I, I guess it ties in better in a way. It, it doesn't. Sheamus and Riddle. I, I don't I didn't care about this match because I don't care about mm. Sheamus. I fucking hate Riddle. <laughs> but I'll say they had they they had a, they had a good physical match. Uh-huh. The bro kick so, is pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I just I like I hate Riddle's character. I freaking hate his character, but mm-hmm. I do think he delivers in the ring. I, I do think he has good matches as norton rad said and in, in when we were doing the chat uh if you never saw matt riddle backstage and you only saw his matches i'd be a fan yeah yeah totally agree with that it's really weird they put the belt on him and they took it off already i thought for sheamus of all people who's been around forever yeah, uh, Stellar Steven says Logan Paul. I think he has delved into conspiracy theories a little bit. Him, I guess, oh, commented boy. on his video content, and then him and Jake, I guess that's his brother, box and WWE loves bringing in boxers. So, is he a? Is, has he competed as a boxer? Run, they should just go full of force, bringing Alex Jones. That would be good. Alex Jones, <laughs> I think that would get more uh, people interested. I like, so. that like, would get more people talking. Yeah, I think people would be want to see Alex Jones get punched or yeah. or, or pull out some gay frogs around. or something. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I mean, I know. I think. Would you say Alex Jones is more over on the internet? Oh, I'd yeah. say he's more over. Oh, yeah. Logan Paul. I think that's like a mainstream. Like people know. Yeah. Him and Rogan smoking pot together. Yeah, smoking some DMT. <laughs> yeah, Sheamus and Riddle. So I don't get. I still don't get Sheamus because then he took pictures with the belt on the internets, and he's dressed the you know as peaker Peaky Blinders again, like the hoodlum. Yeah, but he always comes out like just playing Sheamus from the. I don't. I don't get it. Like, should he just do one or the other? Yeah, I don't understand his attire behind the scenes where he's like, he's got the, so is that a Peaky Blinders thing? Maybe he's just a fan of the show and he wants to look like those guys? I I have something to tell uh, Seamus and a lot of guys in WWE injured. Listen to Jackie Jones here. An excellent thing on on the network right now is the Steve Austin podcast with Chris Jericho. Seamus? Hmm. And a lot of people there, Randy Orton, go watch this because there's a lesson to be learned. Chris Jericho has huge longevity in wrestling. 
because he's reinvented himself every time he comes back. There's a different versions of, of Jericho. Watch that and learn. He even talks about it. There's thought behind when he comes back and changes his character. So he's not just the same guy. Mm -hmm. You guys have been around a long time. You're on TV all the time. And there's nothing inherently wrong with Sheamus or Randy Orton. They're actually very good wrestlers. They can talk. Randy Orton has charisma. But you've been the same guy forever. You need yeah. to reinvent yourself. I'm not saying you come out and you're a fireman or something. But you got to come out and be a little bit different, a little different version of Randy Orton. Go watch the Chris Jericho interview with with uh, Steve Austin and think about what he's saying and start taking this to heart. Yeah. You guys are fucking boring. Your stales can uh, be. Mm -hmm. and, and I thought Shane has had something wrong with his neck and they're doing that one spot off the top of the rope where he's flipping him over and all this. And it's like, it kind of makes me scared for the guy, you know? Yeah. I thought he had like spinal stenosis and that yeah. what they said ended sting career and he came back and everybody's like you got enough sting come back but this guy's having matches all the time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, let's see this was weird the nigerian drum fight yeah oh my god the ending <laughs> to this all right you got the guy who was on raw after dark the main dude from that show that's who I thought. I mentioned it in the thing, and people uh -huh. are like, how do you know that? That, like, that? That's him. I forget his name on that. He's like Tapa Deepu or Tapa T. Oh, yeah, because Bob. It's Tupa Tupa. It's Tiba Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday. Tuka Mushabishi or. I think that was it. Tuku Maki. Tuku Maki. You got this guy. And it. He's supposed to be like an army dude, right? And he's yeah, got these huge dreadlocks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how is he a military man? And he's got these huge <laughs> dreadlocks and stuff. And they're acting like they don't. They're acting like we don't know who he is. And it's like, we know who he is. He was on the show not but a couple months ago. And, and, and he looks exactly the same. He just has an army outfit on. <laughs> like what i think at the least make him cut his nasty hair off and make him look a little different i mean is that would that be too hard and, and, it's, just like, and it's just this terrible gimmick and it's like but bro if, if you didn't think <laughs> Like the, the or all after midnight or all after ten o'clock or whatever the hell that show was was going to get you over. This is not going to get you over either. I mean, you're in a bad spot. New Day's Kryptonite are are, are really tall black guys. Yeah. Th that's what that's what killed them both nights. That's true. Yeah. Man, Paula I actually didn't think that this was. I thought it was dumb, but like I was kind of into the match, and then that guy runs in, and then I was like, "Oh, this sucks." And Did it was Nigerian, it? but they have like this big like Asian gong and and like uh, window sticks. What's that got to do with Nigeria? I have no idea. And then did you, <laughs> did you see the spear thing? Yeah, 
that I've been telling you about? I mean, what is that thing? Did you watch the pre-show? Because on the pre-show, so they're talking about this match, and and uh, and like they don't know what to say, and then uh, Booker T's like, "What am I chopped liver? Why are you asking me?" Because apparently he should he knows all about the Nigerian drum match. He starts making up some bullshit, and then uh, JBL and the King are like. Uh, I don't know which one said it might've been JBL. He's like me and the King, anything we say is going to get us canceled or something. So we better not say anything. I was just like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like they're basically just like, we're real racist. So we better not say anything. Yeah. I, I yeah. And then Booker T started laughing. Like it was the funniest thing you ever heard. He's like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> those pre-shows are the worst. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're bad. Well, this match was just dumb. Like I didn't hate it because because it was short and just kind of stupid. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually was kind of into it until the the run in. I mean, besides like Apollo changing like where he was from and everything else, and like oh yeah, it's really dumb. The whole the whole setup. I, dumb. I thought it was well executed by Big E because like they had some promos where he just looked at him and he's like, "I've done beat you this many times, and and you're done. You're not getting another match." And I thought that was kind of a cool part about the uh, whole feud. Yeah, but then it gets it just gets ruined by all this other stuff where he's like changing his character and everything. Mm-hmm. And big that was Biggie's hometown, so it's like, so he oh, I to... knew right away. My mom even said because I was watching with my mom, and she's like, "Oh, he shouldn't have said that because now you know he's gonna lose because WWE mm-hmm. never likes their people to win in their hometown." I love it. They love <laughs> just getting people excited to be in their hometown and just you're losing tonight, pal. Speaking of hometown, I noticed uh, it, night one they said Shane McMahon was from New York, and I was like, he's always been from. You know, Connecticut. Connecticut. Greenwich, Connecticut. Not that matters, but it's just strange. Uh, this New next match next match I was really looking forward to, but I, I honestly thought it was a big letdown was uh Rhea Ripley versus Asuka. Yeah. Like we said, we were we talked about the uh, intro to uh Rhea Ripley's her theme music played by the, the performing oh, yeah. artists, and that was just horrendous. Not 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 because of them, but because of the audio mix. But uh, yeah, the match wasn't necessarily anything. It just too never great. Cu- it never got going. Mm-hmm. It just there, I don't know if they didn't have chemistry together. It just never clicked. It was it wasn't yeah. like what I say is terrible, but it just it wasn't. It wasn't just wasn't good. Yeah, it was fine. It was fine, but it wasn't like wrestle. It wasn't memorable. It wasn't mm-hmm. like WrestleMania match. Mm-mm. And the Rhea, Rhea Ripley, she got the uh, women's title. She won the belt off of that. Since Rhea Ripley went to Raw, uh, they started plastering like just heavy makeup on her, and it looks weird. Oh yeah, too much makeup. Mm. I have not noticed, but I'm normally not watching in high definition. So she's a very small head compared to her body. I, I like Rhea Ripley. I like Rhea Ripley. I, it was, uh, I actually really like both of them. I, I was looking, f- I actually thought this one's going to be better than Bianca of Sasha, but uh, they they really tore their house down in this match. Just it didn't click for me. It wasn't like what I'd say bad. It just wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, mm. The next match. Uh, Jonathan Jackson says Oscar was afraid of, to lose more, any more teeth. So it's possible. Yeah. 
Next match, I would assume, I think probably was the match of, of night two, was uh, Roman Reigns uh, versus Edge and Daniel Bryan. This was good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's there's parts in the match that I really enjoyed. I um I probably enjoyed uh Daniel Bryan's participation in the match more so than anybody else in the match. I agree. I I think uh he's got another run in him as champion. Yeah. And like it just seems I'd like I'd rather it, see him fitting. feud with Roman than then I just get edge out of there and just go Daniel Bryan and Reigns. Mm-hmm. Although I do like Edge switching to be more of a heel. I think he's better as a heel. I he still don't think. Face. Huh? But he came out as a face. It's yeah, really but weird. He, he's been like healing up on Daniel Bryan, though, because he's mad. Of his I thought he just turned straight up heel, but then he came out as a baby face. Yeah. But they booed him. The crowd kind of booed everybody. It was kind of weird. Yeah, this crowd was just strange. I didn't understand the crowd. Like you would think they would be happy to be out and like at WrestleMania because everybody's been stuck indoors, but they were just angry about everything. Like something would happen and then they would boo. And I'm like, why are they booing this? If I was WWE, they do this a lot. They did this with Cena when it wasn't needed. Don't bring up that a guy's old. He's really not even old. He's 39. But don't bring attention to that. No one watches Daniel Bryan and thinks this is an old guy. No. It does all that does is you're gonna devalue him because then mm. it puts in people's heads that he's an old guy. Why? It does nothing. Yeah, Hide I, the I fact. Yeah. Hide it. You know. And it's like you say, like Flair. I mean, he was like what forty or something whenever he first came to WWF, yeah. like with the belt. I'd say he's, he's close like, to that age. Is when he was still like a main guy. Yeah, and it's like these guys were pretty old when they're in these spots, you know. And they say, like, for bodybuilders, like, when you start hitting, like, your late 30s and 40s, that's, like, when you can, like, you know, you're probably at your peak of, like, your muscle build, you know? So, it's, like, I don't think it's that old, you know? I mean, especially, and the guy can still go. I mean. Yeah, there's nothing, if you looked at him and thought, oh, man, this guy's old and he can't decrepit. It's, it's it's not like he's walking around hunched over or anything backstage or anything. So I mean, you could, you know, like Undertaker, the last couple of years, you couldn't hide that he was old. And if, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And if Daniel Bryan's old, what the hell's up with Edge? They're not saying, well, look at old Edge. Yeah, he's old. You know, and I, you know, Undertaker, until the last few years, you know, but he was over 40 for a long time. He was, he was having like some of the best matches of his career. Mm-hmm. They didn't bring up. He was old then. He he was probably, he was probably in his fifties when he had those matches with Michaels, wasn't he? Early, at the very early, late forties. Anyway, late for it had to be late forties. Yeah. I would say, I mean, yeah, mid to late, older than what Daniel Bryan is, mm-hmm, for sure. But no, they don't. They don't give him the old treatment. They're like, look at old Taker in there with Shawn Michaels. Eh? It's yeah, like, don't and bring I, him. And I'm saying, not saying they should either. I just, no, no. Yeah, they just treat people differently than others. I mean, they they never really wanted Daniel Bryan to ever be anything in WWE. They kind of acted like they did. Just yeah, to, and this time, I mean, it just was kind of a fluke. He got really over, and the end edge wasn't working quite as what what they wanted. So. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't think we, he might not even been on this show. 
they may they may not even have him in on SmackDown. You know, they may push him back there and have him trying to lift Otis again. You know, <laughs> but to me, uh, nothing against Edge, but Daniel Bryan Reigns, I, I would have this as the main event. These guys, I seen, I saw someone on our Facebook say that they got to get rid of Reigns. He ruins the show. But I'm like. I think nah. he's the best all-around thing in the in in WWE. I, I'm loving Reigns right now. His his storyline's the best storyline in WWE. Total packager, great wrestler. Mm-hmm. I've never thought he's a bad wrestler, uh, but now uh, character-wise, he's uh, hitting it on all whatever cliche you want to use. He's the mm-hmm. best thing going. As a finish, I love this. As a finish for WrestleMania, the first WrestleMania with a live crowd in two years, I questioned it, having having the heel, like, just defeat the other two guys and pin them to, to close mm. the, the last show. It's like, let's send everyone home sad. Uh, that does, that's a little odd. But just as a finish, I really liked it. I, I think that's done by design, and I think that Reigns is going to hold it until next WrestleMania, and I don't think it's a coincidence that every time the WrestleMania commercial would come on, we would hear finally by The Rock. I think it's going to be Rock versus Roman Reigns next year. I I love it. I'm all for it. Reigns, Mm. to me, is on fire. It's one of the few things that I care about, even what's going on in WWE. Mm. Mm -hmm. He's he's one of the best. uh, The best in wrestling. I think he's one of the, arguably one of the best of all time for me. Most definitely. It's great stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how anybody could be like watching the show and thinking they need to get Reigns off. I think he's the best part of any show. Yeah. You no, know? I mean any any anytime I watch SmackDown, which I I would say SmackDown's the he better show for WWE. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he helped the ratings. Oh yeah. SmackDown's the better show by far. I mean, it's easier to watch. It's entertaining. Um, yeah, your show's really good with him. Yeah, uh, SmackDown. I, I mean, I. I I'd say it's just like maybe a, a smidge behind AEW in my like enjoyment of the program. It, mm-hmm. I think SmackDown's been really solid recently. Um, so a big SmackDown fan, but yeah. I feel like maybe Heyman or somebody's writing the show. I don't think it's Vince, but right. uh, it's, it feels like that when Heyman was writing SmackDown back in the day, you know, like that era. Mm-hmm. So. So if Paul uh, gets fired and then the show drops in quality, we'll know that was the case. I will say though, for my buddy Otis, my buddy Otis, who would come into the Bob Evans and he'd be dancing on the tables, pouring pancakes. Game and brutal himself. Bob? No, 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 no. He, no, oh. not that Bob Evans. Bob oh. Evans, the restaurant. Oh, yeah. okay. I don't think he even knows that Bob Evans. So I don't oh, think he would be doing that. Yeah, yeah. But Okay, it's cool when you're doing that in the Bob Evans, okay? You know, you're dancing and gyrating oh, and taking pictures with everybody. I got a picture with him and Tucky. Tucky, the soon-to-be futured endeavored. I feel bad for him. But <laughs> he was in true. the Battle Royal. I was like, was he? this Battle Royal is a bunch, it's like a bunch of fucking losers. I didn't know he was in the Battle Royal. Yeah, the Battle Royal wasn't even on the, it was on SmackDown. <laughs> He wasn't on that. I watched SmackDown. I don't think I've seen him. Yeah, he was in it, I think. I don't think he was, honestly, because I remember talking to my buddy saying, like, I think he's going to get fired pretty soon because they don't do anything with him. 
I thought he was in it. I think he was announced. I could be wrong. He was announced for it. Was he? Yeah. But poor Tucky. I think Tucky's days aren't long in WWE. But I'm just going to say this to Otis. If you're listening, Otis, you don't need to gyrate when somebody's singing America the Beautiful <laughs> in the ring. Like, because they showed him on the camera and he's going. <laughs> it's like i know the lady's got her tits out and everything otis but simmer down my man simmer down i think that's pretty awesome <laughs> so uh there was a lot of stuff i didn't like on night two but uh besides that one match nothing like i hate i the fiend thing i'm not but overall i enjoyed wrestlemania I had a good time a couple really good things Vince Rudo is saying over last year. Last year's was the shit. Okay, Vince Rudo is saying that Michael Hayes is running SmackDown. Well, that that makes sense because he is the greatest mind in wrestling. That is impossible. Impossible, I say. The greatest mind in wrestling. Impossible. The greatest mind in wrestling. If he's writing the show, he is just being like a. uh, He is just being like a, a, a. Heyman is just working through him as like like a guy who's like taking the credit when Paul Heyman's like handing him the scripts behind the scenes and then he walks up and tells Vince what what to do. The, the, no way. There is no way Michael Hayes is writing SmackDown. Genius, I say. Like I watched that Roman Reigns stuff and that feels like Paul Heyman all over. Although Paul Heyman gives some creepy looks to Roman Reigns, like while they're walking to the ring, he just that would, like, it works though. It works in it. It reminds me how when we used to walk around Fan Fest, that winter would look at me. He just stares at him like it's like he's like in love. He's like infatuated. It works though. It really that's another guy like Chris Jericho has reinvented himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Polly Dangerous. Of, of WCW and Paul Heyman of ECW and the Paul Heyman now all completely different, but all the same guy reinvented himself over the years. Most definitely. He's very Roman talented. Roman Reigns doing some great stuff right now. He reinvented himself. Randy Orton, Sheamus, take note. I know you're going to get pushes forever anyway, but... If- Reinvent yourself. If we always say Bobby Heenan's greatest manager of all time, where would you put Paul Heyman? That's a that's an interesting thing because for years I would have always had Cornette right under Heenan. Are you saying? But I don't know. I think Heyman's Heyman's are could, could arguably be number two, especially when you put mm. in the longevity. Yeah, he's been he's been at it for a long time. And he's being a manager when managers aren't like on the show hardly anymore. So Yeah, and it, it, arguably two of the biggest draws of the of the modern era uh would not have been the same without Paul Heyman. I don't the Brock Lesnar uh, stuff would I think I don't think you can even argue wouldn't have been the same. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this would work as well without Heyman. And he doesn't overstep uh Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is still the, the guy. The, the main focus, yeah, yeah. He he's, he does his job very well, and Doc Hendricks is not writing SmackDown. 
Greatest mind in wrestling. Galco 13 says, only true genius can come up with the name Doc Hendricks. It's a combo of Dokken and Jimi Hendrix. You know, uh, whenever I think of um, Michael PSA, he's Michael Purely Sexy. He's, I always think of like the question, why can't children pray in school? Mm-hmm. Why is that a rule? Yeah. You should love him because he's all about praying and stuff. And if you think, you know, if you think of good Christian, like a moral man, who, well, you know, you would think of Michael Hayes. He's clearly a guy that, that's, you know, all about the Lord and, and, and you know, living righteously. It, it wasn't he the guy that had like the, the bars and stars painted on his face? Yeah, and... You know, that's all about the Lord. Peeing no. on people, you know, golden showers. It's like rays of love, sun from the Lord. What? No, that's Red not what that's about, Jack. Where's your Bible? Dancing on people's graves. And... Where's your Bible? You need to get your Bible. <laughs> I think I'm more Christian than him. Like, I'm pretty sure if Michael Hayes was anywhere else other than wrestling, he would have been canceled a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you would not exist in, any, so. <laughs> in any company other than wrestling. Like, they're, they're, you would not make a living anywhere Even else. Even in wrestling, it's weird. Because, like, a lot of yeah. – he's never been fired, has he? Because – I don't think he was fired and came back. He's just never been fired. So. Like, could you see him like strutting into the Krispy Kremes with the rebel flag on his face? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm here to give some donuts. Yeah, let's sell some donuts. And then he's in any moonwalks behind the register. And... You know, and Vince like, doesn't like Southern. Well, I wonder why Vince likes him so much. I don't know. Beats me. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's a hookup for something. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, Vince is obviously partaking in some uh, enhancement. Uh, well, allegedly partaking in some an enhancement. Uh, oh, that's fairly obvious. Look at the guy. He's like 90 and he's got ladies. He's, like, like, <laughs> he's like a fucking grandpa. And he's just he's like, like his oldest, the prince that just passed away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and he's, he's, he's just ripped to gills. I mean, what the uh. Why do you, this just came up on uh, on our Facebook group. Alu posted this. It came from the chat room. Mighty Lexar wants to know. I wonder if Jack and Intra would make out. Huh? What? No. Man, Lexar's getting out. some weird fantasies. I mean, you know, last week you posted some pictures of us in some pretty intimate situations. And I, I wish you wouldn't have to ruin moments like that every now and then where we're, you know, where we're in these situations. Cause it was a special night and you're, you're just posting on the internet for everybody to see. Exactly. <laughs> so it, I wish you wouldn't do that every time though, you know? Just, so I didn't watch just, all just WrestleMania. leave these special moments for us. I watched WrestleMania one and two. I watched 
a lot of the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Fame. I didn't watch the Raw, the SmackDown, or any of the NXT shows. Buddy, I watched the NXT night one. I did not see night two. I, I was trying to watch it, but it didn't happen. I watch AEW Wednesday. I night. watch AEW too, but mm-hmm. I consider that WrestleMania week. I watched Raw. I watched SmackDown. I didn't watch Raw from this week. Uh, did they go back to just no crowd again? Like, that's rough. Good question. This is the first ever time I didn't watch Raw after WrestleMania. Yeah, I imagine they just went back to just being filmed in the studio. It's really weird. Going. Like, how is how does this make sense? How can they how can they allow them to do WrestleMania with a crowd, but then they're not allowed to do other shows? It's either one way or the other. Either you can do shows with, mm-hmm. with some type of crowd, or you can't. I think it's because it was outside. Well, then why can't they just do shows outside? Then yeah, I don't see why they don't do that. Like, just I think there's. I think it's they paid them off to like. This is WrestleMania. Give us a crap. And those people were not spread out. Like, not at all. And half, and most of them didn't have masks either. Like, or, you would look at like when Michael Cole and, and Corey Graves is doing their like segments, you know, and like you would look at the people standing directly behind them and they don't, they do not have a mask on. Michael Cole was really bad on commentary. He like messed up. He made you think finishers weren't right. And mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. bad and just thrown out cliche i know Corey corrected him once and said that's a mishinuku driver like before the internet slays you or whatever so uh so maybe he got wind of everybody talking about how bad his commentary was but he has just been there forever like what what's his deal you know and he's never been good I can, yeah, I've never been like oh well this is a good commentary provided by michael collier i mean nobody i i don't know of any fan that likes him like the only time he was good was when he was being a heel and he was getting beat up by Jerry Lawler, you know. That's about the only time I've ever liked Michael Cole. Yeah. And you remember how he used to bury Daniel Bryan so like hard on the microphone? I mean, he was just he was just like anytime Daniel Bryan would come out, like they're like, look at this nerd, he'll never get laid and all of this stuff and like, what was the deal with that? Now he's putting Daniel Bryan over like he's made out of gold, except when he's calling him old and everything. Right. Stellar Stevens says, no crowd, and I heard Ross sucked. Yeah. Did Charlotte? I think Charlotte came back or something. For I like Charlotte. Yeah. I've seen pictures. I'm, I'm not sure if that's what happened. NXT now, has crowds. Well, how can the NXT have crowds? They have like the big glass thing in front of them, but like, yeah, how can they have crowds and Raw doesn't? Like, you would think that makes no sense. Boy, this is a surprise. Vince Rudo saying that Bruce Pritchard says he'll miss Cole when he's gone. I'm really shocked that that Michael Cole that uh, Bruce Pritchard would say something, you know, to put the comp anyone in the company over. Oh, that's. I mean, he's he's normally not such a company guy. He normally doesn't doesn't just say things that would make the company happy so i mean he also thinks you know the red rooster was a money gimmick and it was oh yeah (laughs) just uh, terry taylor just didn't give it his all (laughs) the red there is no way anybody could honestly think the red rooster was like a good gimmick like Good God. Like, that was purely designed just to bury somebody. Oh, I mean, I mean, like, they, they, 
And Terry Taylor, he wasn't like as talented as Dusty, where he could come out and be dancing in his polka dots and get it over with, you know. But like Terry Taylor, he comes out as a rooster. I mean, that that, that like could Dusty Rhodes pull off the the, the rooster, the red rooster? No, Dusty no Rhodes? one could. No, like you're a rooster, you're a chicken man. I think that's like Vince McMahon, like like if he wants like a kraken kind of trap to stick people in, where it just grabs the tentacles and then you're just done. It's the red rooster. It's just like, it's just like, oh, you're going to be the red rooster, pal. You know you're dead. And I watched the uh, the broken back or broken the broken skull, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> That's not a badass idea, Jack. Broken back skull thing. And uh, it was over two hours, and uh, I was glued. It was so uh, great. I did not watch it, but I was interested in seeing it, so I probably will check it out later. Really on. good. I really enjoyed it a lot. Jericho came off great. Um, kudos WWE for letting him do it. He talked about AEW a lot. A lot. Okay. Good. Really good. Covered his whole career. Oh, excellent. It occurred to me, though, um, shoot interviews used to be like, uh, you know, I guess an independent thing. Like, uh, you know, are a video and um and different K-fabe you know commentaries uh, commentaries and stuff and yeah. then it was a podcast thing like uh in your head you know put put out a lot of these now nice. the wwf has grabbed onto this and they really just do it themselves yeah it's kind of weird bastards because it's it, our thing this was a straight shoot interview you know started the, it will start with aw but then it starts at the beginning of his career and works his way through it's as if like WWE just took their foot and they stepped on the Roach Motel, and it's like they just demolished all the shoot interviews except for a few of those little cockroaches that scurried out. True, and, and they're still sticking you around. The argument they did it with uh, independent wrestling too. NXT really is uh, is the is independent wrestling on a big scale, mm-hmm. or AEW too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. We're gonna bring in some. We're gonna bring in the callers now. Bring in these. Let's, dudes. let's bring them on. Eddieverse, I love. That we could talk some AEW with them or hear some WrestleMania opinions, but WrestleMania, a fighting to survive. Bump it up, bump it up. Chris Jericho's oh, promo oh, as a face for the the inner circle. How'd you feel? About oh, that? this was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. I loved it. He was uh, he he was on fire. I liked how he's making fun of uh, MJF spray tan. I thought that was pretty good. So, a lot of good stuff with that. No, nope, even b- beyond the verbiage, just uh, just for the passion, the charisma, the delivery alone, this was money. I think Jack Swagger's face sold it for everybody. Just because you looked at him, or Jake Hager as he's known now, and he was just smiling, and that smile felt legitimate, mm-hmm. you know? It looked like a real smile, and he was having fun. I agree. This was good stuff. Mm-hmm. I was all about it. Steven! Steven! Steven Butler! Steven, Steven Butler! 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 Steven But
If I had a roof on my head tonight, I wouldn't be wearing my poncho. My if you had a roof poncho. on your head. Well, I'd, I'd have a roof on over my your head. head. You mean nice over thing. my head? Yeah. yeah. Lexa. Man, he's trying to. Sh- what was Lexar doing? Going like this? He's like trying to straighten my hair. Oh, yeah, you got a big poofy on the one side. <laughs> just wake up. No, it's just like it looks like Bad Bunny's hair, dude, hair. or something. Oh, yeah, you should do that on both sides so you could look like Bad Bunny. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> no, like I the... try to shave my hair up like the weekend. Mm. Oh. I bet Songman, as a as a fellow Songman, he must be a big fan of Bad Bunny. I bet he's got all his, <laughs> all his albums. That was absolutely not. But I gotta tell you, like I was kind of impressed. It just didn't seem like twenty one when he got started training. It seems like he's done this early on twenty twenty. How he pulled this off, I was kind of impressed. Mm, there you go. A lot of people were. Yeah. Yeah. Bad buddy man. Now then he got back on his big truck and Triple H was like, You gotta go do what you gotta do. Take this microphone. And I don't know what the hell is going on. I guess that was just to promote his tours. I, I mean <laughs> Is he gonna go sing with the this microphone that Triple H gave him? He probably will. He seems pretty markish. Like he went to Saturday Night Live with the belt, so it's like, yeah. Yeah. He's undefeated. Mm-hmm. Do you think anyone can ever beat Bad Bunny? <laughs> we'll find out. He he would have dropped the streak for Bad Bunny to win. If like mm-hmm. he would have beat Taker, ended the streak, and then rap about Booker T afterwards. Yeah, Booker, Booker T staying there. I have I like I, all I know about what that song's about is it's about Booker T because you hear him say Booker T at one point and then he then he Maxar should translate it for us because he's yeah famous speaker. What's here. he saying about Booker T in that song, Lexar? I never heard of it. We need to get <laughs> the lyrics for Lexar so he can tell us what it's about. I mean, maybe I'll Google the uh, lyrics to Bad Bunny. Okay. And uh, at a Portuguese grocery store today. Interesting. What do they sell there? Uh, Lots of meats, coffees, spices, vegetables, fruits, good stuff. I I went to the Brazilian Grill, which was right next to it, my brother and I. It's good times, one we have never been to before. Bruce Briscoe, what up, Jackie Jones? Are these characters your stable for AEW? Yes, this is the this is the in your head stable intro. The heady verse. Hell yeah. Booyakasa. All right. So what's on your mind, Stevie? You're looking kind of sleepy. <laughs> you're on mute, my man. You like intro. You get you're yeah. on mute. <laughs> you ain't even got a poncho to blame it on. A rain jacket. hell is he doing i don't know he really he can't figure out like how to Sar. get that mute off song man we can hear you what's happening Mo? there now i'm unmuted i'm sorry <laughs> that's the first time so what's going on boy so i watched a lot of wrestling raw in your head raw in your head 
<laughs> I tried to watch the Hall of Fame, although I fell asleep. I think it was night two, uh, oh, the second one, the 2021 one. Mm-hmm. Kind of nodded off there. Um, maybe I'll watch. May- maybe, maybe not. I will. I'll come back and watch it. Both nights of NXT Takeover. Um, I kind of, I kind of took off SmackDown. I needed a break from wrestling, and then wow. both nights of Monday night of uh, WrestleMania. And I've got to say, yeah, night one better than heel mania night two, uh, where all the heels, most of the heels won. Um, Bad Bunny, yeah, I was impressed. I mean, for celebrities who get into the ring and wrestle, <laughs> I'm usually, my expectations are low, but I was impressed. I mean, not only was he doing, not only was he, you know, not embarrassing himself, but he was actually kind of athletic. He, you, you could tell he was at least making an effort to, you know, so. Uh, if you take Bad Bunny and you take somebody like Shaq, I'm gonna say Shaq was better. I agree. I think I, Lawrence Taylor was better. Yeah, yeah. LT. So, I mean, I, I think this was the this was someone doing moves. Yeah, but that's a good was way it to good? Play. He was to a me. guy who learned how to do moves, and he was doing exactly what he probably learned how to do, but. Yeah, but yeah, I kind of, I kind of had to laugh when you were mentioning the the women's tag. Like I knew it was going to be bad. I knew, <laughs> and why XR couldn't like that, and he's like the, the the WWE mark of the group. I expected Tamina and Natty to win on night one because they got. I know this you were all push. about this team last week. <laughs> Well, I expected them to win, and sure enough, they did. And I expected the the, the match in night two to be bad, and it was. <laughs> but like, and it was long, and it yeah. But like, but but they painted themselves in a corner because okay, going from there, what what did they have now for Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler, other than for the two of them to turn on each other and feud because they've beaten all the tag teams. You can't manufacture. Well, you'd have to manufacture brand new tag teams <laughs> to take them on because they beat them all now. So, like, unless unless um, um Who's yeah, I, I, Alexa, are your kitties hungry? Come here. So, uh, who's, who's kitties uh, hungry? Oh, there she is. Meow. <clears throat> Did the cat watch WrestleMania? <laughs> Um, she visits when I'm up here. Yeah. So, oh, probably I thought it was Lexar. And I did enjoy. Yeah, I. Um, I was surprised as soon as Edge walked out night two. He acted like a baby face. Yeah, that's why I should. Mm-hmm. Like he's supposed yeah, to be a heel. Somebody should have told him. Um, you're supposed to be heel in this match. But he comes yeah. out and he's all baby face edge right from the moment he comes out. <laughs> and, I, and I just thought the fans are going to fans are going to cheer him. They're going to. And I actually did. It's like I didn't uh, of all the three guys I wanted to win again. I wanted edge to win. Yeah. Mm, here's but, my third to win. Yeah. As far as I, then, I wanted to win. But, but um, I know you guys like the match and the match was really good. But 
like Roman Reigns' title title matches are now basically it's like a carbon copy of the previous one where I don't agree he's, rel- with that. he's relying on like like somebody like didn't Edge take out Jay Uso like yeah he did and like yeah um, but it was a three way out. Like the referees and all those people grabbed Jay Uso and they took him out, and then he comes back like nothing happened. And yeah, but it was like twenty minutes later. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's but still, like that's one thing about Roman Reigns is now again going forward, who's gonna take who's gonna take him on next because he just destroyed the two guys who are his challengers. Well, my so, only complaint about this is the thing, like, you probably, I know you said, Jackie, like, my only complaint about this is, why the fuck did they mess this up after a month build up to this? Like, maybe for the whole card, and they, this was the longest build up they did. They ruined The Fiend, and... Oh, yeah, that this. was worse. I do not understand this at all, and then what we saw on Raw with the Funhouse back, I didn't it was like see one of those incidents. Like nothing even happened last night. This was nothing. Well, yeah, it was like. Well, they just like back... the previous night didn't even happen. Yeah. They, they were back together, the uh, fiend and Alexa, or what? No, the Firefly Funhouse was back, and red red sweater red sweater Bray Wyatt was back. Like you know, the fiend, no sign of the fiend, no no nothing at all. Hmm. So, yeah, Strange. and Alexa now has her own segment. Uh, and she has her new a new friend named Lily. Lily, <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 Lily, Lily. Yeah. Oh, no, and Steve, I can never hear Lily, Lily without thinking of Herman Muster going Lily. Yeah. Stephen, you brought up the tag team, by the way. When you saw Shayna Baszler with the Ron, the SummerSlam with, with Ronda, like do you, I was expecting this to be a turn on either Nia or Shayna turning if they were going to lose this belt because they did it once again with the Rumble. No Ronda return and no Becky return, not even on Raw. After what we're saying, like, what the fuck did we see on Raw with the slip time while with Nia making this the comedy division after what happened to WrestleMania with Mandy Rose? And yeah, oh yeah, the slip well. This was one of the worst Raw after WrestleManias, if not the worst I've ever seen. I was expecting a big return. As somebody, and I was, it wasn't the Viking Raiders, unfortunately, but I was expecting <laughs> a big return. Like, like, please, like, inject some. The Viking Raiders the returned? Yeah, the Viking Raiders returned and Charlotte returned. Oh, yeah, Charlotte, that's a big return. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm just hoping to God after we saw I missed it this before we went on the up, but I think Roderick Strong is getting called up, but I'm just begging for this not for another job because I've been a huge fan of him ever since he debuted. I'm yeah. just hoping he doesn't get this job. I don't see fun. Roderick Strong doing well at all on, on Raw or oh, SmackDown. Probably not, no. no. Yeah, he left NXT tonight. No. He, he, he was in uh, William Rico's uh, office and I uh, he just gave his walking papers to Eagle. Said, "I'm out." Uh oh. Oh, he's going to Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. Hopefully, it's SmackDown. I think they would actually use him on SmackDown right now, but Raw. Nah. Doing jobs be Bobby Lashley. <laughs> what if he would feud with Reigns? Roderick Strong versus Roman Reigns. Yeah. 
Not that early. Too early, yeah. Too early. But you what? never know. Be it could be shocking. Maybe if the great mind Michael Hayes, he would think about it and he True. might think something. What if he joins the Nigerian prince? And Roderick Strong is now, you know, like from Nigeria. <laughs> I, I would find it funny just to see and be like, what are they going to do with this? But it's not, not good for his career, though. Not good. Are you from Nigeria, Lexar? Oh, I'm from Ecuador. Ecuador, that's right. Well, they're close. No, it's not. <laughs> Nigeria and Ecuador very far, far, far away. Learn your geography. <laughs> yeah. No, Incha told me they were close. No, they're not. Geology. I'm more closer to Brazil. Yeah, I, every 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 class that I had in, in geography, they always said that they're right beside each other. They're like next door neighbors. Brazil. Brazil has good food. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. pretty ladies. What's this? Big All right, Lexar, where is where are where is uh, Nigeria here? Nigeria. Well, first of all, he's got this. Why does he have a round Earth? Isn't it not like? <laughs> what are you, AJ Styles? <laughs> I did think JBL kept saying on uh, God's flat Earth. It's kind of funny <laughs> on commentary. Ah. Uh, <sighs> man. Do you think we have any flat earthers in the Hediverse? Probably Tazo. I think even Tazo wouldn't say that the earth is flat. Yeah. Yeah. Lexar, do you think the earth's flat or are you a round earther man? I'm a round earther man. I've been to, I've been to different countries, you know, I've been to Toronto, I've been to Germany. Toronto is a city, not a country. Whatever, Canada. You've been to Toronto. Germany. Yeah, I've been to Germany. Huh. But I uh, hear I kick myself because, like, I, I we went to a. I was in. That's. I, a, I, I, I was in a church group, uh-huh. and like every two years, we would go to like different countries to see the Pope John Paul II. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's interest, boy. The Pope. That's the whole Pope. Yeah, that's the whole purpose of going to all those countries is just to listen and hear the Pope Mm -hmm. in that mass. So everybody we doing this barbecues and all that stuff during the summer to raise money. But I will be kicking myself at that time they went to Germany because I hear they had very, very good beer. Just real good, good beer. Nigeria, right here. Here's Nigeria. This is that's Nigeria. (laughs) <laughs> yes. What continent a lot is that? Of German and me there. Uh, what continent is that? Let's see. Back it up so we can see where exactly it is. Come on. You don't know what okay. continent Nigeria is in? I'm trying to teach him because he's trying to prove me wrong here. I'm going to have to tell him that Ecuador is right beside Everyone it. knows it's in oh, Australia. It's in Canada. <laughs> oh, we have the Nigerian yeah. prince here with us. Yeah, actually, I, I got the most Nigerian knowledge, so you guys can't say anything about it. Otherwise, you'll look bad. Mm-hmm. So it is like in Canada. The king. Yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> it's yep, Nigeria, Canada. It's a uh, Providence over uh, near Quebec. Yeah. Oh. Oh. That's why they had the drums. Oh See, yeah, of course. Steven still doesn't believe you. He's looking at his globe. He, he's trying to find. <laughs> Are Singapore Canes big in Nigeria? Oh yeah, they're big, Africa. almost Africa. as big as uh, what are the uh, steel chairs? It's you wouldn't expect it, but steel chairs and Singapore Canes—they're huge exporting from uh, from Nigeria. Sandman must have been huge in Nigeria. Oh, nah. Uh, they call him the, the great usurper. Uh, we don't talk about Sandman uh, from Nigeria, Canada. No, okay. Hmm. Well, anyway, I had to hop on because I heard so much blasphemy about Bad Bunny. That's that's wrong. Oh, man. I you know, know we've got the biggest bad, but not even Mark. He's just like the bad bunny. Lover. Super fan. Super yeah. fan. He's like the Vladimir of Bad Bunny. There you go. Oh my goodness! See, he's his own documentary. He one match in WWE. I was like, they made a documentary about this girl who works at uh, Hooters, and I thought that was weird. But they're like, ah, fuck it, we'll just make a documentary about this fan. <laughs> We're running out of people to make documentaries on, you know? Yeah, let's uh, let's make one about the guy who spent the most money on us. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's a good uh, way to Vladimir, get a... Vladimir of Bad Bunny. <laughs> what did you think of this? They, well, they, they, didn't even, they didn't even make a documentary about the, the fan that wears a green shirt. And well, the there you go. That would be a good documentary. The they fan gotta find that guy. Green shirt. The, movie. <laughs> the, the random green. <laughs> he doesn't have a name. That's just him. Yeah. You know? I, I I'd rather see Hat Guy's movie, but. Mm-hmm. I know, but uh, the tie dye guy—he always kind of smelt bad. Tie dye guy. Yeah, he's like it's a kind of muscular. big bodybuilder guy with like a a blonde like mullet, and he always wore tie dyes. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I used to see him at Mohegan Sun a lot. You said he stank. Yeah, he looked like he, he stunk too. Like you could tell, like he didn't shower often, and he always had the same tie dye shirt. Do you ever talk to him? No, I mean I said hi or something, but. Guy seemed like a real asshole. Man. Probably was. I mean, only real assholes wear tie dye. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> I some tie dye. Hey, you said it, not me. The Dudleys. Well, I mean, they're clearly assholes. I like. Them. I wouldn't say the Dudleys look like nice guys. You wouldn't. Nah. I'd be disappointed if Bubba Ray was a nice guy. I think he took on the name Bully because he was a nice guy. Right, it's mm-hmm. a, yeah, it's like Incher, you know, because Incher really has a, a big, long, thick arm, so he's one inch biceps. I see. It's like calling real tie guy shorty. Yeah, yeah. So JJ Jackson. It's a lot of J's. The triple J, JJ Jackson. I don't know where the third J came from, but as far as WrestleMania is concerned, Bad Bunny did an awesome job. The most athleticism you've ever seen from any artist that's ever won a Grammy. That's right. That's the qualifier there. From any, any artist, artist that's won ever a won a Grammy. That's the greatest athleticism you've ever seen. Yeah. Logan Paul says hello. Whitney Houston once played like some really badass volleyball. Oh, I don't think so. I think I'll let you know. No one. 
there's 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 not one to hit and respect to the late great Whitney Houston, a native of my hometown, mm. New Jersey. Well, yeah, she gets her pops, but Bogey. she's she's not didn't, a WWE athlete or a superstar, you know. Didn't like Ray Charles deliver like a good DDT after like he sang his song? Well, Wasn't that was that accidental. Thing? That's where oh. Jake got he, the idea for the wrestle Jake the snake oh. in a blindfold match. Yeah, and that's when he fell back because he slipped and he grabbed Jake and he DDT'd him and thus the birth of the DDT. Yeah, but Ray couldn't see uh, that Jake actually stole his move. So I heard they edited that off the network for some reason. The DDT that Ray Charles given Jake the DDT because they thought it was blackface. Well, yeah, it was a different time, too. Like there were a lot of uh, someone's like, no, that's an actual black guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they just couldn't see some reason it's still not on there. I mean, what's up with Peacock? I mean, come on now. It's Peacock. They'll they'll censor everything. yeah, they deleted from from the world. Mm-hmm. Like the only thing that'll be left once they're done with their censorship is just Bella Twins matches. That's it. Surprisingly, like they survived. Oh no! You can look, but you can't touch. They'll censor the music, but you know the matches they'll keep. <laughs> kind of like when we used to do the show in blackface. It was just audio only. Ah, I see. That's a good way to stay on radio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. WrestleMania. There was no blackface this year in WrestleMania. But, well, <laughs> Alexa nice. Bliss, she kind of attempted it, but it wasn't true blackface. You know? Yeah, that, that's that's really uh, pushing it. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 one of the uh, one of the members of the Hayverse said, uh, since it's magic, it doesn't count as blackface, you know. Mm. I think. Yeah. Jeez. So, uh, well, oh, you watch all the wrestling in the world, Stephen. Besides stuff you didn't see, mm-hmm. was there anything that that we need to know? It's like, God dang it, guys! You gotta watch this. I clean that up because you know, Intra doesn't like me to say. Well, next anymore. month, next month will could 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 be entitled uh, rematch mania because i guess drew's gonna it, take i a... believe they've actually renamed backlash it's called wrestlemania backlash that's and not it's... a bit that's reality yep oh, that's wow. true and it's just gonna be rematches drew's gonna take on bobby lashley in their third and another match i'm sure there's gonna be other rematches um... i hope we get to see the fiend again <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> You wanted the fiend to return. Now you have, you're hating on the fiend. So now yeah, you're that was called fiend sarcasm. Fan? Oh, because I, I fucking hate that guy. Everybody uh, loves the fiend. What do you mean? I would honestly rather see Bad Bunny. That's true. I mean, everyone would, but you know, he's got a tour to run. So I want him to come out and sing one of those songs. I don't understand the fiend. No, <laughs> I don't think he sang a song that I didn't understand. The uh, Bad Bunny. I was hoping he performed too, but you know, I guess they had too many artists out, so mm-hmm. yeah, they couldn't take they... up you know BB uh, the EMT and. Although, like you were mentioning earlier, since Tamina pulled up a duty, I was hoping maybe Bad Bunny could, but yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, even though Bad Bunny is, you're all about him. He's no Tamina. Yeah, he, but it, that is true. He is no Tamina. Not even did, close. Yikes. Did Meatloaf win a Grammy? Well, when I think athletic, I think of Meatloaf. Yeah, yeah but uh, didn't he take an RKO from Randy Orton or yeah, something? Did he really? I, I think know. he did. 
Did he win a Grammy? But you don't really got to be too athletic to take an RKO. I mean, you just got to uh, flop on the ground. That. You know, I don't know about that. Just think about all the RKOs uh, that were delivered to. Uh, let me see. Who was that? Who just gave like the worst finish to an RKO? He, he rode the bike around in Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's some athleticism, right? Yeah, well, it, is, it is great to be able to ride a bike. Didn't he say he got the name Meatloaf from like being on a football team and they just start calling him Meatloaf? I don't know. I thought he gets fat. Oh. His name is Robert Paulson. He's beating some ass in that. He is. He's got big floppy tits in that movie. With his titties, and he was beating ass. Oh, man. I'm going to pound that inch your ass. What in a in a nice way? <laughs> That's not a nice way to put that. I'm gonna make sweet love to Intra's Rex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how lucky am I? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man, was there anything you wanted to add to this conversation? Well, you brought up Tamina, Nalia, but I was after all these years Tamina's been in the business. I was really shocked how big of a reaction she got during that match like that was I, shocked that people were chanting you just like for her that was yeah <laughs> well it just goes to show anything can happen in the wwe yes that's true kind of made me just sad for the fans yeah just think about this these fans were so hard up for live rest and they're chanting for tamina but WWE made them boo for a match with The Fiend. That's how bad that match was. They're like, we are so excited to be here. We're going to chant for Tamina. But good Lord, guys, we can't get into this. Yeah. And we're going to boo Hogan out of the building twice, two nights in a row. He needs to get booed. <laughs> you know, he's not as, as much of a superstar as Titus, you know. Titus the Hall of Famer. <laughs> Titus the uh, Warrior Award recipient O'Neill. But who is the who's the old guy with the toupee that got the the Warrior Award? Did they ever see somebody who actually deserves it? Apparently, <laughs> what does he do? Like, does he print the scripts or something? Like, what is his job? He's probably just there so Vince can come in and swirl his toupee around and be like, ha ha ha, I like doing that, buddy. <laughs> I heard Big Show was on Miro's podcast and yeah, he said like that. there's something about like uh they tell you a bit like, i think Miro said the first thing vince said to him was like you're gonna learn to eat shit or something <laughs> now this has come up many times about like vince always telling people you gotta learn to eat shit and love it maybe that guy was a shit eater like what and then i hear cornet's always like calling him you know all friends wrestling and like how big of a negative is that these guys are all friends and like each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, would you rather work for a place that like everyone wants everyone else to succeed or a place where they tell you you've got to learn to eat shit and love it? Holy shit. You know, I think that's subjective because Chris Jericho was actually praising WWE pretty good about it being the place that he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So I think the experiences are, it just depends on the person. So somebody like Rusev, you know, coming from, who knows where? Like, where did Rusev come from? Was he like an indie star, or did he just start in WWE? Bulgaria. Well, besides that, mm-hmm. uh, he came from Bulgaria. You know, I mean, Jim Ross says it too, though. And Jim Ross like grew up in the business. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I I think those experiences are kind of exclusive to certain superstars because I I don't think he was telling Undertaker, yeah, you're going to learn. This is a real response to this. Not not me being trying to be funny. People who are bullies or have have a history of like um, being mean to someone or assaulting someone, they can they can pick up on who who who's a good victim. So in my this is just all theory in my part, but I do believe that there's part of Vince who gets off on you know picking on people, making them feel bad. And if you're into that, you're gonna know. Who's who's a potential victim? So Jim Ross might be prone to this. Um, Howard Finkel's going to be prone to this. Certain people will be prone to this, and they'll be able to. Mm. Then they would also know, like I can't treat uh, you know Austin this way or Undertaker this way. They're they're not going to, or even Jerry Lawler. They always say he won't put up with that stuff. He'll just leave. So they know people that won't put up with this, even if they're not just like a big giant guy's going to beat him up. Just their personality won't put up with it. Mm. But if but if he could take advantage of someone. I, I think uh, they pick up on that. That's just all my theory. No, no, it's true. Actually, now, now I think about it in that aspect. I mean, there's always been people who said, you know, they've been ribbed by other people and they didn't like it or, you know, there's always someone that people choose to target. So, right, right. but Bureau, I mean, come on. It's like, hey, big guy from Bulgaria, you're going to eat shit and like it. <laughs> it's like, what? Well, he's probably just pissed about his, his girlfriend being hot. <laughs> oh yeah that's right never mind then because yeah lana does change things so mm-hmm. yeah you come in <laughs> with a hot girlfriend it's just like mark merrill he came in because of sable so yeah you got a hot girlfriend we might push you until we figure out we can't bone your wife and then it's like oh you know screw you <laughs> yeah and it turned out look at the great run lana's had now since they broke them up i know right she's like universal champ ain't she Good stuff. Who's she tag? Naomi. Oh, what? What are with these teams? <laughs> Do they just like? Is this like the lethal lottery? Do they just pick them out of like a tumbler? <laughs> Seems like it. They should put um, uh, Brooke, Dana Brooke, and Carmella as a team, and they should they should just have them as like uh, living mannequins. That's Mandy. Mandy. Mandy and Dana uh, I mean, are kind of living mannequins. Eh, I guess, her. but I just like her better, I guess. But Carmella is like Carmella and Dana Brooke don't even look like humans, I don't think. No, I think uh, Michael Hayes is a part of that department. So, you know, it depends on, uh, you know, what they can do for him. That's the push that they get. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, Alicia Fox, Rosemary Death. Man, Alicia Fox. The legend, Alicia Fox. You've been putting the Hall of Fame yet? <laughs> that, that'll so, be next year. That's next a that's year. a that's a double whammy for them if they put her in. It it, it clicks two boxes. Mm-hmm. Great wrestler and personality. Oh, I was gonna say drunk, but okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Anything else before we get to the questions? Uh, anyone here want to say anything about anything of wrestling this week before we get to yeah, these? Questions? So, uh, Miro, you talk about Miro. So Miro attended WrestleMania along with Lana's dad in support of Lana. That's nice of him. Well, I told you guys um, because of the late night, I got to work tomorrow, so I can't stay for the questions. Good night, Steven. Good night, Steven. What's Good there? seeing you again. Take it easy. Of, uh, Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> yes, your your weekly geography lesson, courtesy of me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nigeria, Alberta, Canada. Good night.
Good night. Well, I can be serious for a minute. Mm -hmm. Just for a minute. All right. Anything else? I'm pulling these questions up. I should get rid of this gum. Speak now or forever hold your gum peace during the show. until next week. Or well, you can chime, chime in with the questions, too. So. Oh, yeah, of course. You're just, all free to answer. I just realized that that saying didn't really apply to what we Just we're raise your hand. Yeah. And that, say, may I, may I respond? Laquan Vanderpool Higgins. It's a no. I think he's a fake Nigerian if you catch my drift. Who would win in a shoot street fight between Tony Khan and Stephanie McMahon? Stephanie. It's a tough one. Yeah, yeah I'd say Stephanie. Probably Stephanie, actually. I would normally say a guy would beat, but she's big. He's little. She's mean. He seems pretty friendly. He does have that Abraham Lincoln uh, uh, physique about him. So, like, and and they did say in the Fight Club that he's a scrapper. He's got long arms. So, isn't he maybe, like five feet two? I thought he was a tall dude. Like, and he's kind of lanky. Tony Khan? No, he's short. Is he short? Yeah. Oh, well, that just shoots my theory all to shit. Yeah. Um, he could wear a stovetop hat and maybe they stephanie would punch that that, that does and... help in fights i yeah. I've, I've never lost a fight wearing a top hat or stovepipe hat uh-huh uh-huh when i was in uh um main street hyannis a few years back we went to this uh antique shop and they had a stovepipe hat for, from the 1800s and i was gonna buy it but it was it was very expensive but the main part was it was like an eight size eight and a half or something. People had really little heads back in the day. Mm -hmm. Well, you said your head shrank, so maybe you could go in and buy it. Too small, but yeah, oh. my head. It's weird because all my hats are, are too big now. Like fitted hats. I used to wear a uh, seven and three, uh, seven to five eighths, mm -hmm. seven and a half sometimes on the fitted hats. They're too big. They just they like roll on my head like a bowl. They go over oh. my ears. Hmm. Maybe somebody put a curse on you and it's shrinking your head. Yes, yeah, so when I lost the weight, uh, I didn't think the head that like there'd be fat in my head. Do they make like a uh, a hat like belt? You're a little smaller too. What? Like a belt that goes on your hat and you just be like just like tighten it. Like the little yeah. leprechaun hats, just that's true. There is a belt on that hat. That's just for looks though, ain't it? I know that's for head tightening, just head tightening. There we go. Yeah, has, has has any of those ever been functional? I'm wondering. Oh uh, yeah, on real leprechauns. Oh okay. Well, we have to get Hornswoggle on and ask him if he ever had one of those. Yeah, would that be funny if we had if we had him on and just asked all questions like we thought he really was a leprechaun? And he'd answer them too. <laughs> like you guys are fucking douchebags. <laughs> he just hangs up. Uh -huh. What do you mean? He'd probably get a kick out of it. Yeah. Uh, two is Nick. Or he'd get us canceled. <laughs> well, you know, I'm supposed to say midget. Little person. Canceled. Is Nick Aldis Magnus from TNA a guy who you want to see in WWE or AEW? Nope. Well, he said he'd never go to AEW, so. No, I think he's fine in NWA. Yeah. I uh, I mean, at one time I would have thought that he would have, but I don't know. 
Uh, I know he's no showed us several times, so fuck oh, that yeah. guy. <laughs> so how does that work? Right. Like he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get yeah, on the show ask him to come season. on. He's all into it, and then he just doesn't do it. I don't. I never understood that. Like I get if you don't want to do something, you just say don't want to do it mm-hmm. or don't reply. I would just say don't want to do it, but uh, I never understood anyone who agrees to do something and just doesn't show up. To me, it's very unprofessional. Mm-hmm. If you give someone your word, no matter uh, what level that is, even if it was like a some goof and like uh, like a kid or something, you should show up. Three, you want to check Thunder Rose's temperature the old-fashioned way, up the bootie. Mm-hmm. I know Lexar does. <laughs> that's not a thermometer intro. That's his penis. <laughs> Oh, the speaker. <laughs> what was that hand gesture? Huh? He was like, "Well, I can't show my real penis on uh, on YouTube." No, no. You yes, you can. Go ahead, whip it out. No, let us see it. I'll pause it quick, and and we can. No, if you do, uh, peacock will just censor just, it. That's okay. I'm just going to forewarn We're you. On peacock. Would we call it the peacock, or would we be calling it the big cock? Oh, what do you think, Intra? What in the count? We count down from three and we all whip it out. Yeah, you first. You first. Well, it's not count down to three and then me first. That doesn't make no sense. I was going to do it, everybody, but Intra ruined it. God damn it. I go again. I'm ruining things. Is the fiend, you can, uh, everyone subscribe to my OnlyFans. Is the fiend Bray Wyatt more of a second Kane or Undertaker? Neither. Well, like, yeah, neither, because uh, both of them are entertaining. Yes. Neither of them did I like. Good lord, I don't want to ever see this again in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even a Kane, it was worse. Like he was still bearable. Like I, after a while, I just didn't care about Kane, but I never thought, oh, my fucking god, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Wasn't he most like Judas Macias, whatever his name there was? You that go. Came he in- is. He's like yeah, the modern day Judas yes. Macias. That's one of Intra's idols was Judas Macias. Yeah. Judas Macias. Actually, I like him as Mil uh, Mil Morte. Oh, Mil Maskers. M- oh yeah, Mil Morte. Mil Mortez. So how that's how you say it, right? Like so. Mil Mortez. <laughs> you gotta say it like that. Oh, okay. Anyway, I would like to ask a question on my own. When will Jack purchase a shirt from WWEShop.com and wear it on in your head? I, I mean, I don't, I don't have any currently, but I've had lots of shirts from WWE. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mom don't fit anymore, so I haven't bought any recent ones. I mean, I'm wearing a WWE Legend here. Sorry, yeah, but does that on. does that come from Shop.com? Oh, no. but why? Why are you? Do you do you think they need my money? Lexar is the WWE shop police. You know, he knows if you got uh, illegal merch. This is not illegal. This is this is this is from Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, I see. I assume this poncho is original, but I don't know. Uh, You browse through WWE shop on occasion and you like uh, I've got the icon sting hoodie on because I'm chilly. You wear that every week. No, I don't. Lexar wants you to bring back the old segments. Uh, looking at uh, 
the yeah, TNA shop.com. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you can do that after the questions. <laughs> and he also wants to start playing tunes again so he can get the account banned. Yeah, I would. I would. I miss playing songs, but you know, actually, there was one song I was kind of wondering what came from. It was like a a missing link song that used to play, and I'm like, what the hell? What happened to that song? Oh yeah, um, it's in your face. <laughs> that's another classic too. But you know, the the missing link song, I think that's a Ron Hex song. Okay, because yeah, I was always running. You know, actually, when I first heard it, I thought it was like. Uh, it was a Juju B song. I thought it was like Juju, you're the missing B. And I'm like, <laughs> how the hell did she get a song? What? what? <laughs> but <laughs> I, I got a kick out of that song. I like. By it. the way, uh, we had some problems with the with the uh, host. We moved from uh, anyway. It's a long story, but we we moved everything off of uh, GoDaddy because they fucked us. Fuck GoDaddy. But. Our man, our buddy, our pal, our amigo, our webmaster, Andy Tyler, good man, mm-hmm. behind the scenes, working endlessly, moving everything. So, long story short, we're very behind on the actual podcast, like the iTunes stuff, but everything's moved, so now they're going to be uh, coming up. Um, so, anyone out there who's an audio uh, junkie, uh, older shows will be popping up on the uh, podcast. Excellent, excellent. Could John Barker, could Jack and Intra do Nigerian accents? Hmm. Like I'd have to hear one. I can't, I can't. Hmm. Just listen to I'm, Apollo Crews. Jack, that's the best one. Jack, I'm going to have to give you the steel. Um, what's, mm. what's something else he says? We'll see um, uh, that's more Zimbabwean. You gotta try. More? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, gotta try a different one. You need the correct dialect. Yeah. I'm sorry. I can't do it, man. Would you guys let Bray in if Alexa lets you in? If you know what I mean. So would you let Bray fuck you in the booty hole <laughs> if Alexa would allow you to have sexual intercourse with her? My answer to that is no. <laughs> if Steven was here, he'd say hell yeah. Incher, <laughs> yes, would you would you take Bray Wyatt into your anus? Nah, I don't think you could so. enter Alexa Bliss's vagina. Nah, with your penis or or yes. appendix of your choice, I guess. Oh. I think trying to clean that up made it much worse. Yeah, I think it did. I feel like it could be like the human centipede with. So ask them out. No, 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 no. The, the penis through the butthole. Oh, then, so you all right? So you know, Alexa Bliss. Let me let me paint this picture for interest, so you get so you understand. Uh-uh. Alexa Bliss in the front. Here's Alexa Bliss. Then you've got yeah. you, intro. So you're going. Oh, 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 oh. And then Bray Wyatt comes up from behind you, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. So you're doing Alexa and Bray's doing you. That gives you what is called the Lucky Pierre position. Lucky Pierre. Okay, that's what it is. Because you're getting best of both worlds. You're getting you're getting uh uh you you know anal pleasure while giving uh yourself pleasure. See what I'm saying? You know, I never would have understood that without the visual re- representation. <laughs> but I appreciate that, Jack. Thank you. These are magnets. Look, 
You got oh, yeah? Bride and 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 Frank and the monster. Bam. <laughs> There's no 69 position on that, right? No. <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> Sixty nine, good. Can I start introducing you as the lucky Pierre of in your head intro? <laughs> long as I'm really lucky. Right. Oh yeah, so lucky. Uh, would Tony Schiavone no sell Jack's questions just like he did Jack in real life if he came on the show for an interview? I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Shivani had such a bug up his ass about answering you? I think he was doing that to everybody, to be honest. He didn't he didn't acknowledge anyone who wasn't paying him. <laughs> I'm just telling it like it is. That's not nice. I didn't say it was. He wanted the I money. love Tony Shivani. So it's, uh I if if he was someone I didn't like as well, I probably would have a different opinion of him. But uh, I will say not not seem like the nicest man when I met him. Well, Bobby always talked crap about him. Bobby was not a fan of Shivani. Yeah. So. yeah, when we had him on, we brought him up. Didn't he go and flush a toilet? Yeah, yeah. That's very intriguing because Tony Shivani said he wanted to become a barista for Starbucks. So you have to be nice to to his customers. So, so no one really wanted to do that. He if somebody came in and just asked to use the bathroom, would he just stand there like? <laughs> Look, I love Tony Schiavone, but do you think his passion was I want to make coffee for like college mm-hmm. kids? And then, and then they'd be like, "Look, man, I'll buy coffee afterwards. I just really got a shit." And then he'd be like, "Okay, then bathroom's over there." My buddy, uh, Chef George, who owns uh, Captain Scott's Seafood, he told me on Facebook, because it, it came up on a thread, in my town, no one needs to know this, but there's no public restrooms. What? There's no public restrooms. Oh, man. Nowheres? No, they, 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 had, they had some over by the canal. They closed them. Mm-hmm. Then there's the ones I always talk about but they're closed and then even some other ones that were like in local uh seven not 7-eleven but uh places like that they've been they were closed during covid not reopened and he said neil you could stop by any time to use the bathroom at captain scott's good man good man he said even if you don't buy anything you come in and drop a deuce bam stellar steven says how do magnets work from ICP, and then Tyler S says, "Intra is a juggalo." Talk amongst yourselves, real quick. Mm-hmm. Well, magnets work because it is—it's uh, like electricity, isn't it? Isn't it like the protons and the neutrons reacting to each other, and that's how they connect, or whatever? It's like a form of electricity or something, isn't it? Am I right with that, Jonathan Jackson? Uh, yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate. Uh, the protons and the neutrons they actually team up to go against the controns, mm-hmm. who are against the uh, Decepticons. So Decepticons, are, you don't want to mess with. The I've been going through uh, uh-huh. old clothes that no longer fit me, and I've been I've been getting cl- cleaning them up, washing them, drying them, putting them in a the big bin over here. Going to sell them on eBay. I sold a few on Facebook. I believe Stella Steven actually bought one. 
unless oh, yeah? he's a different Stephen. Uh, Stephen bought one. Anyway. anyway, this was one I found yesterday. Look at this. Bam! ICP mm. right there. It's an ICP jersey. Juggalo Jones. Mm-hmm. Don't judge me, JJJ. ICP. Someone offered me 20 bucks. And then somebody else like, don't do that. So I looked these up, and no one had this particular one on eBay. But many like this. Not mm. as cool, in my opinion. Went between like $300 and $700 on eBay. So oh, man. Oh, really? I'm for $20. <laughs> They're probably just going to sell it anyway. I <laughs> got them. Mm. Now to make that $480 profit. Yeah. Huh. Well, who's the juggalo now? Jack's got a whole jersey that's worth 700 bucks. He's he's the juggalo. So, we had a we had Violent J on, didn't we? Yeah. He was he was a good uh he invited us to the gathering. Yeah, we were going to go, but uh, I forget something actually happened. I think that mm-hmm. show was canceled. There was like a big snowstorm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's I actually, pretty cool. I jersey. got like three big bins of horror shirts and jerseys and rats rat there's probably some wwe wrestling tees over there lexar but there uh, i don't think 3x or 4x is probably too big for you you still had that wwf uh jumpsuit yeah i'm not gonna sell it i i just bought that to keep though yeah i sure i'll wear it on the show sometime though bam i walked the tracks the other day Oh my! Living dangerously. Did, did, you, did you do any uh, train noises? Any choo choos? Or... I went to an abandoned uh, train station. I sent some pictures to Insure. I didn't Am tell I... this, but I had actually just uh, cashed my stimulus check, and I had like, so I had like fourteen dollars in my pot, or probably fifteen hundred with the re- what else I had, but probably not wise to be walking around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're, you you're announcing to the entire world that you're walking down the train tracks with uh, with uh, 1500 on you. And I don't know if that's a very bright idea to, to like tell people that. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't. I won't anymore because now it's, it's a way. Yeah, he bought the train station with that uh, stimulus exactly. money. So. <laughs> I mean, you're going to see. Guy, he was like sitting there you're drinking like uh, out of like a paper bag. And he's like, hey, buddy, you want to buy this train station? I was like, you own this? And he's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, how much? And I took out my wallet. And he's like, that much? And I was like, hot oh, damn, I own this fucking train station now. You know, like if you're going to be doing this, like Lexar is going to be like on one of those handcart things going i actually food. he's gonna be trying those. to run you over i actually saw somebody on one of those you did you yeah uh last summer and i don't know what they were doing just trying to get a ride you know <laughs> i think they were cleaning the track or something can you use that to like kind of mow not mow the lawn but cut the grass i don't know what they were doing i don't know what the hell they're doing Maybe. It might have been like the cleanup crew. I don't know. That was the only time somebody almost hit me on the track. Was that because oh I'll, I'll, I'll ask my dad. Was he making just, train noises? No. That's just kind of embarrassing if you get hit by that guy. And he's like, 
<laughs> You're like, oh, I didn't think they really off. still existed or anything. I was like, just dumbfounded. I was like, what the fuck? Like they hit you. You probably just fall back onto the thing, and then the thing comes down and hits you in the head, and you're like, <laughs> you're like, ow! What are you doing, asshole? <laughs> uh, Brian Matthew Clutter. Now that Conrad has a podcast with both Kurt Angle and Jeff Jarrett, is in your head going to swoop in and sign Karen Angle Jarrett to a contract? We probably should. It's come up to do uh, podcasts like this, but I really don't want to spend like hours every week doing it. Doing podcasts with various. Then you can get sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew. Yeah. I guess like if you were, you know, try it would be worth, but the idea of like, I really, I try to the same way. Do this to have fun. The idea of like having to sit there and like really just let someone else talk for hours and record it doesn't really sound like a good time to me mm-hmm. but I, I mean like, i'm sure if you make a bunch of money from it, it's cool i got like the blue chew outfit too i like the blue man i mean like i could just put spray paints blue chew on this and, and i've just... got like a really hard penis so i'm yeah. a good spokesman for uh blue chew you both can give us like what? a live demonstration. Why are you like that right now? What's the matter with you? I fucking love wrestling. Are you that excited <laughs> to talk to Lexar? Look at the face Lexar is making. He's like, yeah, blue chew. <laughs> then do it. Well, I'm uh, I'm questioning his penis size. Oh, he, he doubts <laughs> the penis size. You're gonna have to uh, show him. Man. <laughs> we got a dick measuring contest. Go ahead, boys. Start us off. Who, who do you think would be a fair judge? Hmm. Simon Cowell. <laughs> I was thinking it's probably someone on the Eddieverse, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe Simon Cowell. You th- who who would you who would you um interest anybody in the Eddieverse that you would uh what? Is there anybody in the Hediverse that you would uh you you would think would be a, a fair judge of penis size? An impartial judge. <laughs> Encino man. So there I was, and here here's something for you. Boom. Oh. Whoa. Taking the Jim Ross pick there. Yeah, that is a Jim Ross pick, isn't it? Yeah, that's actually why I took it. And I, I posted it on the group and then I took that's it. That's a train station. <laughs> <laughs> I posted it on, on the Jim Ross pick and then I was like, uh, I'm going to take it down. But I thought it was funny. I don't know if you saw the Jim Ross picture, but he was like yeah. just being a total creep. I seen it. I seen it. Well, his wife passed away, so. <laughs> yeah, that gives you right to become a creep. Yep. <laughs> I, I think just come on, some some lady out there has got to help Jim Ross out. Come on, he's Jim yeah, Ross. I'm sure help him yeah, out. big wrestling fan out there. They they they'd have like uh, look at it as like an honor to mm-hmm. give a hand job or something. You help Jim Ross out, you know. He's a good dude. All right, Jack, I want to do something for the Hediverse. I want to play a game. I believe I have another one of these ponchos in there. And I'm going to write a number. 
from one to 50 on this piece of paper. Whoa. And the person who comes closest can get the poncho. The extra poncho. Poncho, poncho. poncho, Extra poncho. So from one to 50, let me think of a number in my head right now. This is great audio right here. I've wrote the number the down. Any predict? Dude, this is weird. <laughs> like, honestly, honest to God, I just looked up. Oh, look at Tyler S. <laughs> what? No. Honest to God, dude. I just looked right up and it was right there. <laughs> Tyler S with the win. <laughs> Tyler Stevens. I mean, he didn't even give anybody. How'd he do that? He's a mind reader. Like, seriously, I, I wrote the number down <laughs> and I looked up in the very first number. Oh, that wasn't much of a game. Some would say this might have been rigged. It, it seems like it, but no, he really guessed the number. Like, I, that's strange. You know, I hate losing. And I think I'm going to leave because oh. I wanted to help. The number. I, I really oh. wanted a poncho, too, because tomorrow is going to rain in my area. So yep. I, 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 I lose the highway is right. Cahoots. This is cahoots. Yeah, I know this does seem strange. Even Jeez. after it's over, yeah, you're, 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 really, you're really hot about this. Oh, Are you man. mad? You broke Lexar's spirit. I can tell you where I'm just I got tired this and one. I want to go to sleep. Oh, you're just tired and you want to go to sleep. <laughs> and he's pissed I, he didn't win the shirt. I really <laughs> would be upset if he really was. I, I wanted it to be more of a contest, but I swear, Lexar, don't kill yourself. You're not gonna. You're not gonna like take a bunch of pills or nothing, are you? Blue chew. Uh, no, but I'm probably gonna like. Uh... You're not gonna light the house on fire and just lay in bed. And... <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah, don't do that. But I, that may be a good idea. No, it's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good idea. Good night. Good night, Lexar. God damn, Jesus. Hoosier Highways is claiming shenanigans in the chat room. I, I really did not have that plan. That was a shock. I was curious to see who would get it, and I didn't think it would be the very first number. <laughs> well, I unfortunately have to go, too. I apologize, then, <laughs> I think the contest ruined it. For you pissed everybody <laughs> off. <laughs> God, I didn't expect it to be like this. I'll make, just make sure you have it next weekend and then i'll be up for it i'm sure uh, i had to look for something else to give away i got other stuff to give away but damn you know what i'm i'm offended too wow i can't believe you just cahooted with tyler s I, Why? honestly honest to god okay next time i'll do a, a number generator or wow something. i am offended so i'm out Should of here I've gone how from... dare you wow Should i've made it a gone. bigger number span like yeah it like goes to like a million 50? next time what the hell 50 yeah, that's so easy all right <laughs> oh that uh, that's really you're... weird Yuri, man. And he lives in Canada too. Jesus Christ. I don't want to have to pay oh, for Canada. Fuck. I gotta pay like $20 <laughs> shipping. 
<laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like twenty dollars shipping for this stupid thing. Yurius <sighs> Tosh, what AEW performers could AEW book better? Seems like we ask answer this every week. What AEW performers could they book better? We said like Penta before, right? So uh, I'm starting to look like Miro. You think so? I am. I'm not saying it couldn't be better, but it's starting to grow on me. Oh, I see. I see. I see. I thought you said I'm starting to look like Miro. <laughs> I was like, I don't think you look like Miro. <laughs> I, I understand now. I don't know. I have to think about it. I'm sure there's. Um, but I'd have to think about it a little bit. Hmm. I do think we get this question. So it's like we would want to say just the people that we said, said before. Because um, I used to say mirror all the time. But like I said, it's starting to grow on me. I'm not saying it's great, but I, I like it. So um, Ricky Starks, I think he could be a better performer than just in t- Team Taz. That's what I want to say. Okay. Have you ever peed? Oh, a... I got somebody, or should I save it for next week when we get asked again? <laughs> no, you can say it. Um, uh, Evil Uno. Oh, I, that's a good one. I agree with that. Yeah. With that. Yeah. Have you ever peed in a swimming pool? No, I haven't. I've, I've, I haven't been in many swimming pools. But... I did when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> what? When you were 37? <laughs> Yeah, when I was 37. No, I, actually, I haven't been in a pool since... God, I was probably... You peed in it? <laughs> I was probably in my teens last time I was in a pool. Really? Yeah, it's been a long time. Like, Why are you so afraid of pools? I just don't have an access to one. But I like, I used to hang out at the YMCA. Me? No, I was just there to uh, for work purposes. Oh. I was taking my client there, but like... Uh, like um no i've never i haven't been in a pool since i was like before out before i got out of high school so it's been a long time did you pee in it then um no it was when i was really young so have you ever just walked by it not even been in it and just whipped your dick out and start pissing in it did you uh on like the the floor no <laughs> have you ever heard about those things like if you pee in the pool it's like some dye that you put in it it like reacts to you like your piss yeah, or is that a is that a is that real or fake probably fake but i don't know people probably just, just it, fake so, so like it. so like yeah people so they try to get people not to do it i don't know though mm. instead of a dye they should put like some kind of like uh like a worm that crawls up your penis hole if you pee into the pool. Now that would scare you from doing it. That would. That would. What is John of the Hacker spending Vince Russo's God? Why is John of the Hacker spending Vince Russo's God money at Chili's and Walmart? Chili's and Walmart. So if you haven't seen this, uh, Vince Russo tweeted, "This is the douchebag who." This is for the douchebag who found my wallet and racked up over $750 in charges at Walmart and Chili's. My God money on caps was in that wallet. I had been carrying it with me for nearly 10 years. By not doing the right thing, you will now be cursed forever. 
Oh my. So if you find money in Walmart, don't take it to the, is that what it was? They so found his credit card. Well, I guess the they found his wallet, and I guess they used a credit card for charges. But he also had his God money, which someone I didn't know what that meant. And someone wrote that um, he apparently found two hundred dollars once, mm-hmm. and like he didn't know how it got in his wallet or something. So he just he said that God must have put it there, and so he just carries around with him all the time. That's his God money. Hmm. I don't strange my thing is though if it was found money maybe god then uh found a way to get it into the hands of someone who really could use it who really needed it yeah for uh chilies and walmart mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ow, after all these years does interest still not understand how pushing and pulling works in the bedroom <laughs> Wow, would I ask for instructions whenever we hear the uh, Kamala song? Let me show you. Sure. Okay. So, all right. So, this is, uh, this is, uh, in front of, according to the song, this is Pat. And this was uh, the Brooklyn Brawler. And so the Brawler would push it. Is that a double A battery? And then pull it, push it, pull it. Why was he using a WW double A battery? Well, triple A actually. It's triple not really well endowed, I guess. Triple A. Oh, oh, oh. he's a triple A man, eh? Yeah. God rest uh, Pat Patterson's soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler and Kamala for singing such a wonderful song. He didn't mean any harm. Tyler Stevens, what are Vince Russo's best tr- contributions to wrestling, bro? His stuff in WWE. Yeah, definitely his stuff in WWE. And he's an entertaining guy, I think. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Stevens, if you could live the life of any wrestling superstar, past or present, who would it be and why? Who would it be and why? Probably, hmm. Probably test. Yeah, you'd be dead already. <laughs> but you know, you wouldn't have lived very long. You would have been like addicted to drugs for most of that life. That would be a sad. Well, you're you're looking at the bad parts of his life. Well, there is the one good glowing good part. What was that? They made a bust of the ladies' legs uh, for WWE fans to fill up. Why not pick David Flair instead? He's like a UPS driveman right yeah, now. Yeah, he's not dead. He? Still fucking live. <laughs> but, like, that would be hard to deal with. One day you're with Stacy, the next day you're driving for UPS. Better than one day you're Stacy, the next day you're dead. And then every time you're delivering somebody's stupid package, you're like, hey, Rick Flair, son, <laughs> why aren't you on the wrestling? You're like, not your father doing what you're supposed to be. Hey, ain't your sister wrestling now? She's a big time star. Why didn't, why were you such a failure? <laughs> I remember when you got whipped by The Undertaker. <laughs> 
<laughs> he beat you for real to make you respect the business. Yeah, you're respecting it now. George Clooney is banging his old wife after a while. The old lady. That's true. She's gone <laughs> from Tess to George Clooney. And then well, that's not too bad. From David Flair to George Clooney's a pretty big jump. Yeah. Maybe if George Clooney and David Flair got together, they would have some stories, you know. If if it was George Clooney, David Flair, and uh Miss Hancock, who would be who would do you think George Clooney or David Flair would take the lucky Pierre position? Hmm. <laughs> I think I think I think uh, David Flair would probably just say you're the lucky Pierre George Clooney. I don't think George Clooney's more of the alpha male of the two. I don't know. I think David Flair, he's probably just like I'm sick of all this shit and today <laughs> is my day. You're the lucky Pierre George Clooney. Mr. Mr. ER, get in the middle. It's your lucky day. Yeah. From Stacy Keebler's box to deliver an incher's box. Mm-hmm. Right here, Galgo 13. I'm he says, you. I think Tess got Kelly Kelly as well. Really? Mm-hmm. Swax would be pissed. Yeah. Yep, and he died. Yeah, the Don part is a bummer. <laughs> but. But. And being named like test and it wasn't a storyline with stephanie but that didn't that wasn't a very good storyline all right where the hell are we galgo 13 he says tyson tomko loves deep spoons from chili's do you think tyson tomko got the credit card and went to chili's at walmart possible he was going to be our the head the batista of the headyverse Maybe he's like an early celebration. But the heady verse just had to tear him down. They had to like Do you think he heard that though? And he's like, hell yeah, gonna go have one last hurrah before I become Batista the Heady Verse. Tyler Stevens, does Jericho remind you of Flair in WCW or Flair in TNA? Ah, WCW. I I I'm a big fan of Jericho and AW. Yeah, I would say. Because in TNA, he was just, it wasn't that hot. Owl the only in- good part about Flair and TNA was the woo off with Jay Leaf. That was good. Yeah. Does Incher agree that this lady is the one at fault here because if she didn't want Marty to steal her picks? All right. So, this long story is Marty Janetti took pictures a picture of this woman put up on his Facebook saying like she wanted to bang him and he didn't know if he should. And then she comes on his Facebook and she's like, how did you even get my picture? You know, I don't even know you. And so long story short is he just like took someone's picture. that he doesn't even know and put it on his Facebook saying like, she's wanting to bang him. And then wrestling fans were taking his side saying he was like in the right. Like if you have a picture on the internet, yeah it's so everyone's right to just take it and pretend like you're banging them yeah i I don't think so i mean 
he probably thought it would never get back to her exactly it's really weird though it does like i not that i really ever believe anything you post but it does kind of show like you know, don't mm-hmm. be buying much of anything. Can you imagine doing that though? Just going and finding like a random picture and and just pretending like this woman's having sex with you. It's pretty. It's pretty sad, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I found some pictures of you on the dark web where you were saying like, "Look what I'm doing to Incher." I yeah, but, I re- of... but that was me just you know having my way with you. Don't, don't, don't say that. Would you be upset if those videos did surface? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it would be like, uh, who's that goof that they that left yeah, every yeah. How much is Al Hulb offering you right now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do anything, Jack, please. <laughs> if you start seeing them pop up all over Facebook, you'll know. Interest, it'll be like the new Lars Sullivan. You've never seen a freak like me, Nikhil Callahan. Ready, Incher? I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Did you notice all the thousand different camera shots during WrestleMania? I did notice they did like cinematic like with like they, they've been doing this for a while where like they're walking down the ring and yeah. it's like a different camera or something i, I don't I'm not get sure it what it's like about. if you film the whole show with that i'd get it or mm-hmm. if you use that for like uh uh if you just did that and then used it for like a documentary but you can't have the rest of the show filmed one way and then all of a sudden a totally different yeah i wonder if it's like a special camera that's filming more than just that but they're not revealing it yet or something i don't know it looks very good i'll be honest but it doesn't fit the rest of the show so it just comes off strange yeah it does it does look strange yeah and like the longiness in paul Heyman's eyes when he's staring at roman reigns is extra creepy you ever get to film it with that like why doesn't why doesn't jack look at me like that sometimes yeah you think that's how Al Ulb actually secretly looks at you when he's watching these Zoom videos? Mm, probably like that, yeah. Just staring. <laughs> uh, is there too many? Oh, where was I? That was number one. Number two, will you watch Impact Wrestling? Oh, that, that's right. There was also Hardcore Justice this weekend. Hardcore justice. That made a lot of sense. There wasn't enough wrestling. You're like, let's put on a, a big special show in case people don't have quite enough wrestling to watch. Were they I close? Get a live show, people to go to, but like a, a show on TV. Yeah, I don't know. So was it close to like where WrestleMania was? Were they kind of glomming so. off of it like they used to in the past? Yeah, but like I don't think you can even sell tickets to it. So I don't know what the point. Yeah, was. I don't. I don't get it either. Um, will you watch Impact Wrestling's pay per view Rebellion matches include Omega versus Swan? That's interesting. And Zack Ryder versus Kurt Hawkins. Hmm. Nah. Is it going to be on their network or do you have to buy the pay per view? Like, I don't know. I never liked that. Like, they should just put their pay per views on the network. Yeah, it's know. hard to get people. I buy the AEW ones because I really like AEW, but even that's a little rough. But now that, like, I get Peacock for free, 
It's hard yeah. to like, I'm going to go pay like $50 for impact pay-per-view when I want to watch a show. Yeah, really? I would like to see Omega versus Swan. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't, I really don't even, not even interested in Zack Ryder versus Hawkins. I'm sure it'd be fine, but I'm not interested in it. Is there too many people appearing on one episode of Dynamite? I don't think so. I just, I do think you should probably focus on some guys that'll be on every week instead of rotating so many guys at once. Because mm-hmm. uh, they'll give like, they'll start pushes for like Scorpio Sky, but then they'll be, you won't see him for weeks on end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because have we even seen him since he won the, the golden you know, donut? He's doing the thing with um, with uh, Ethan Page where they were watching Sting's oh, reaction right. to um, yeah to uh, uh, the Killer Hulk there, and, yeah. and they're kind of laughing. So there's something going on there. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy I think they could they could do better with uh, Scorpio Sky because it seems mm-hmm. like they'll start to push him, and then you won't see him again, or you know it just kind of doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh. Thoughts on this AW faction? Peter Bonani, Ryan Nemeth, and JD Drake. I like JD Drake's match with. Uh, I did too, with, and um, I'll be honest. When he Darby. came out, uh, who the fuck is this shit? But it yeah, won me over. I, he he did. I think he won a lot of people over with that match, and I remember seeing him on um on that Evolve show, and I thought, well, this guy's pretty good, despite like looking like a total goof. But but he 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 is a pretty good yeah, talent. Good. It seems like so. Yeah, it's good. Hopefully I actually AEW I like Ryan Nemeth too. I think he's good. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure who Peter Banani is. Uh, oh, thought- he's the big muscle guy. That's like, uh, or no, I think he's in the other group with um, PT Marshall or whatever, or JT Marshall. What's his name? Yeah, the big caveman looking guy. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of him. I I'm, like I'm, that guy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Though. Thoughts on AEW having blood and guts on Dynamite next month? Uh, I mean, I would save it for pay per view, but I'm excited to watch it. I've been w- wanting to see it for a while. Yeah, Pinnacle versus uh, the uh, Inner Circle. I mean, I- I'm really looking forward to this. Have you watched Jericho Broken Skull Sessions on the what network? I have. I really liked it. Mentioned it earlier. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You'll like it too, insurance. Good. Yeah, I'll check it out. I was wanting to watch it. Thoughts on T Bar and Slapjack potentially joining the Hurt Business? Come on. Are they really doing that? Why would you spup the Hurt Business and put those fucking losers in it? <laughs> yeah. Why would you even take the other guys out if you just planned to put other goofballs in it? Once a once retribution ended, you should have never seen Slapjack and T Bar as Slapjack and T Bar again. That's yeah, just get them out of that gimmick. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, they changed Top of Tupac or whatever into whatever he is now. I mean, yeah. why can't they do it with T Bar and, and and yeah and Mace Mace? If this was real and they broke up from that group, why would they want to stay in those in that gimmick? Like, it makes no sense. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Vince Bad looked guy. like he had plastic surgery done. Do you agree? I think oh, he's yeah. had quite a few. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Have you ever farted in public? Yes. No. 
Yes, you have. Don't lie. Yeah, I fart a lot actually since I changed my diet and stuff, and mm. since I had the reversal surgery, I was farting today a lot. Go. It stinks too, and sure. Yeah. I'm gonna. I've been. I'm gonna start bottling my farts and send in. Sure. No, don't do that. Why not? That that would be a good unboxing video. You could open them up and smell them and like mm-hmm. view them. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think that 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 would be a good video. What if you did it and it, it was like the biggest hits you've ever had on? <laughs> that blow my fucking brains out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the best ever party you've been to? I'm not really a big party guy. Uh, yeah, not I'm not much on the party scene, but um. I've had, I've been to a lot of fun after parties at uh at uh movie festivals, film festivals. Mm-hmm. The last one I was at, well, it wasn't the last one I was at, but the one one I was at a few years ago, Boston Underground Film Festival. Uh, I mentioned this the other night in the show, but it was the first time I did edibles and the last time I drank. But the last one I was at was at um South Texas Underground Film Festival. And that was really a lot of fun. You would have liked this intro because they took us to an arcade that had all old school games, that old school uh, pinball. Oh, yeah. oh, excellent. And they had a taco truck. I like tacos too. Yeah. You would have loved it, intro. Watch a bunch of about it. A weird, weird underground horror movies. Well, not mm-hmm. all horror, but underground movies. And then uh, went, played uh, arcade and pinball and ate tacos. Sounds like a good time. Yeah, what more else? What else would you want? Uh, probably even at root beer. I like root beer. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Are you a fan of the restaurant Five Guys? I had a Five Guys in Huntington, and I regret I never went there. And it closed before I could go there. Really? So, and I've heard good things about it. I think I saw one of Ryback's episodes uh, where the that interviewer guy took him to a Five Guys or something like that. And I was like, damn, I wish I would have went to the one that was in my town, but I didn't go to it. So it's closed now. So I used to go with my uncle, and it was always good. Then they opened one near us, and it was awful. But it could have been. The, the bacon was literally just ash. And yeah. I even brought it back. I was like, what is this? And like, that's how we do the bacon. Uh, I mean, he was like, I, not just crispy, just like ash. It just burnt to nothing. But that was an exception. It's normally good. Mm-hmm. If if I care, if I care to New Jersey, it must be if I come to New Jersey when the pandemic is over, would Lexar show me the best places to go, including the strip club? I bet he would. Most definitely. I think he would. How is the WWE Network on Peacock? I have no problems with it. I don't like it. You can't pause the um, the live stream. The live I stream because I don't really. I normally in the chat if I'm watching it live, so I don't pause it anyway. Yeah, then I'll be behind everybody. And I don't like that you can't start from the beginning. That sucks. That's that sucks. Too. Yeah, like I like to come in later and then say start from the beginning, but you can't do it yeah. as of yet. I don't know if they're working on that or it's not. Said, like but... in September or something. It'll be... oh, okay. It is weird that they don't have like the most basic of uh, streaming like on it. Mm-hmm. That's stuff that like everything has now. Yeah. You would think they would have it, but oh well. I think 
uh for my uh it's much clearer than when mine was just uh an app mine's much clearer and it uh, so far knock on woods never buffered at all oh really yeah. that's good mine's a much better quality like way better mm. will, but um it's a little harder to navigate not that it was easy before Mm-hmm. He talks a little wonky just on mine. It's just for some reason it takes a long time to click them. And sometimes when you click enter, it doesn't work. But once yeah. you actually start working stuff, it's good. Uh, Owl, do you think Joe Biden is biting people and blaming it on his dog? What's the story behind this one? I don't even know. But no, I don't believe that Joe Biden is biting people. Is this some Valvinus things or something? <laughs> it's probably, probably. Uh, Dobbs, WrestleMania was the first WWE show I've watched since the pandemic started. I really enjoyed it. Sure, it wasn't perfect, but whatever. Hell yeah. Good, good for you, Dobbs. <laughs> Tyler Stevens, who is more honest, HBK or Marty Jannetty? I'd say HBK. Yeah, I think I'd say HBK now. Yeah, I don't think he's like, I don't think he's like me, but I do think he's you know, more honest. Than, I I don't know if I'd believe anything Janetti says. Yeah, I mean HBK has never fake murdered anybody. Yeah, why would you come on a program and just tell somebody like, like you committed murder? I mean, no. <laughs> I don't know. Like that's not smart. Got nothing else to say, I guess. I guess, yeah. Would Incher rather bleed or smoke weed? Probably would rather bleed for a little bit. Yeah, I'm, not like bleed out to death. Yeah, like, that would suck. Blood, sweat, and tears are in your head. Intra mm. bleeds red in your head, red. You know it. Tyler Stevens, will The Rock be president? I think if he ran, he'd probably win. He pre- yeah, he's a very charismatic guy. I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. If no, he, I mean, compared to other presidents, I mean. I'd say he's got a lot more charisma than them. Uh, <laughs> sometimes that's all you need owl will enter be disgusted if they refer to rock as the second ever black president nah he's just doing that for a show though he's not really gonna run i don't know because like, that's like the that's like the premise of his current day run? rock on the show so. who would run around you just get like half the country hates you yeah, really. Just just be an actor. Don't worry about being a politician. Does Jack know of any deer meat protein bars that he would like to recommend to the Hediverse? That's an interesting question because Epic Bars, uh, great taste, very filling, much more filling than just like a hunk of jerky. Easier to eat. It's not as it's not as hard on the teeth. Uh, it's nice meaty hunk of meat you can get it in uh in venison you can get bison you can get grass-fed beef you get poultry nice spice to it i'm a big fan epic protein bars i take them on my walk inch walking around break out the epic bar 
It's a nice protein packed snack that I say easier to eat and more filling with the great taste of jerky. Alwub, is it true that Songman is going to do an Incher inspired cover of Girls Just Want to Have Fun called Incher Just Wants to Drink Cum? I didn't read that beforehand and it made me laugh for you, but it's it's uncalled for also. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Norrin Rad said that my microphone looked like a certain something. It, that... Yeah, it doesn't normally, but in that still it does because you can't see the whole you can only see part of the thing. Like just you know what this I mean? part. Yeah. Yeah, you can just see it and then a little bit of the the stem, you know what I mean? It does kind of look like it. So yeah. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta admit, so. it does it normally, but in that still, it did. That was yeah. Uh, so if Roman Rain walks up to you at the bar, tells you to acknowledge him as your tribal chief, what do you do? Just do it. It'd be easier. I don't go to the bars. But if I if I was there and he came up and said, "Acknowledge me." Knowledge me as your tribal chief. I'd say you're my tribal chief. I'd throw down. All right, buddy. Let's take this out, man. Let's figure it out. Yeah. There's only one way to do it. As soon as I get this hoodie off, <laughs> I think he's kicking your ass right <laughs> now. <laughs> well, Paul Heyman's watching on. <laughs> <laughs> right, so don't bring the the hoodie to a to a street fight entry. No, no. All right, that is all the questions we have for this evening. Woo! Oh, one one more just came in. Stellar Steven, does Intraplay horror any horror video games? Uh, strangely enough, the one that I unboxed on one of my recent videos of Nightmare on Elm Street for the computer back in the day. I've got up and running on DOSBox on my computer, so I am currently trying to play through that. So yes, a very old game, but it's not—it's not so bad. There's no music, but it's kind of interesting to see. So, and I'm hoping that they'll announce the studio that did Friday the Thirteenth. I'm hoping that they'll announce soon what horror franchise are going to make another game on uh, another game from this company. I'm thinking it's going to be nightmare on Elm street. So I'm kind of pumped up for that. So children of the corn could be, well, they said the heavily rumored one was either Texas chainsaw massacre or nightmare. And I think I prefer nightmare, but Texas would be fine too. Yeah, either one would be good. Yeah. So I would play a Nightmare on Elm Street game or Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I had one on the Atari back in the day on the 2600. So they also had a Halloween game. A new Halloween game hasn't been done. So I know they got some of the characters as playable characters in Dead by Daylight, but that's not the same. I want the whole thing based off of, you know, the franchise. I don't want these other characters that i don't know mixed in you know i want it to be something geared for just the franchise Urius says interest mike reminds him of the death star that's a little that's cool that's cooler to have intro in your face right in front of your face a death star instead of a giant you know hunk of sperm, sperm. yeah 
I'm talking into this cum. <laughs> but yeah. It is the It's made by Blue. I don't think they made they had the best decision when they made this design. Mine's also blue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're, you've mine's, got the more expensive Yeti. So. Yeah, mine's a Yeti. The Yeti. The Yeti. Yeti. I should uh, set this up so I can move this closer to my face all the time instead of stationary. But mm-hmm. fuck you. Yeah, you might get somebody saying that it looks like a big sperm in your face. So, <laughs> so don't bother. Or well, I mean, the audio quality does matter, but right. But I'm not changing. Good. I don't feel like. It. No, I think it sounds good. Yeah. All right. Drinker Jack would beat up Woke Jack. Old school Drinker Jack versus Woke Jack. Probably not, to be honest, because uh, I'm much better shape now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You think Drinker Jack would just lose uh, the his energy after a while? Oh yeah, of course. I mean. Mm-hmm. Especially if I start attacking him after he, he beat the shit out of Andrew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beat up me, and then you then you attack him. Remember when it's kind of uh, like Godzilla versus Kong all over again, right there. Remember when we were at Fan Fest and we were in the room? This is the true the true story that Incher, uh, you know, he talks about you know he didn't want to uh, mess up the furniture, and the reason is is uh, you know I never mentioned this before, but I locked him in the um, in the in the giant swing, just like Cesaro, and I was swinging him around the room, and I was like on the twenty seventh rotation. He's like, "No, Jack, you're gonna break the lamp." And I was like, "All right, so let him go." And I didn't just let him go because then he would have swung like out the window or something. But I just eased up and you know lowered him down. Promise me. Promise me you would not come on here and ever tell that story. I don't know. But I think I think you know the years has gone by. It's time people knew. I'm sorry. You son of a bitch. But I have one more. You'll thing. pay for this, Jack. You'll pay for this. I've had enough of your shit, Incher. Yeah? Yeah, I come on here and I'm like, all right, I won't say the story, but it needs uh-huh. to be told. I'm going to give you the Hediverse has the right to know. I'm going to give you some of my shit right now. Whoa, it's coming at you. And I'm just going to tell everybody out there out here throwing shit at the wall. Just put my hand in place and get ready for it. <laughs> I need but... the poncho now. If I can cover up from this fucking shit throwing gorilla. <laughs> That's really what the, the end of Kong was like. He just had a thing of shit and threw it at, at a Godzilla. <laughs> I think the move that he just threw the movie at me. Yeah, was a, I watched oh, it. It was it, it was all over the place. Fucking uh, bullshit. Uh, well, yeah, but oh well, I wasn't too big on it. I was glad to see Alexander Skarsgård in something, but like Good he Lord, hasn't been. But in that. Yeah, but like he he isn't in anything anymore. Uh, ever since you know, True Romance or True. This is true I'm blood. working on my own Godzilla vs Kong. What do you think? There you go. Yeah. Which one of those guys is gonna win? That's gonna be a movie. 
but he hasn't done anything since True Blood, it seems like. But yeah, Tarzan. Yeah, who watched that though? <laughs> They're, they'll probably make another one because it was like the highest grossing movies since they've been back from COVID. But I don't think that one would. Yeah, but it well. cost like three hundred million dollars and made like twenty five or something. Oh, really? It didn't even make that much. Oh, okay. But I mean, I don't know how my, how that works out for you know HBO for now. HBO. Yeah, they gotta they, like they gotta be paying a lot just to have that on their service. I would think so. Oh well, Tyler Stevens, you know where to find me. Send me your address again, and I'll get your poncho out all the way to. I, I think I got to go to the post office for that one too. I can't even just like print out the thing because that's a customs form and all that. i think you can print that out but then you have to fill out the custom form might, yeah you have to do it online i think you can print that all out now and just put it right on the thing oh really yeah. okay i might try that then because yeah, you, you might have to do it through like stamps.com or something I don't know. yeah yeah i was hoping somebody in the u.s would have won <laughs> but whatever <laughs> You'll, you'll get you like in like Zimbabwe. Good thing, like, uh, yeah, Jackson, Jackson didn't win. You have to send it to Nigeria. I know, yeah, geez. Okay, it could be, it could have been worse. Could have been worse. Isn't Urius Tosh in like Bulgaria or something? Is it? So, well, I have sent a package to Bulgaria before, really? Yeah, to Miro. I thought it might have been him. I know, like, I told this story before where it was, like, this box that was just, like, a bunch of video game items, like, just throw because he bid on, like, several different of my items. And I sent it to Bulgaria, and it was just kind of, like, in a big box, but then it was in little boxes inside, but, like, the packing, I just had, like, styrofoam and different kind of stuff. And it was just, like, very mismatched, and I remember, that, like, he sent me a note that said, great packing, just, like, <laughs> being kind of a smart ass. but. Oh. I, I was always I always wondered I was like I wonder if that was Miro. So if you, Miro, if you bought a game geek, as we know, if now. you if you bought a U.S. PlayStation Four, a PlayStation Two Slim in the box, along with an Xbox original Xbox, and I think there was a copy of Half Life in there, like uh, Half Life Two for the Xbox, or was it Half Life? I think it was Half Life Two. And I sent it all the way to Bulgaria. If that was you, I was the one who sold you that. But who knows? It might not be him. He may come down here and throw an arcade on my head. Like Curious, by the way, is in Lithuania. Oh. The Lithuanian lover, Urius Tosh. So, Tyler Stevens, congratulations. You have won a poncho just like this. Hell yeah. yeah. Could have sent it to me and we could have worn both on the show. Oh, yeah. Well, this is kind of a spur of moment thing. I didn't know that. Do you have a gun on you? That's uh, my phone holster. <laughs> this is my, for my earpiece. That's you got, it. You got like the fucking utility belt. Yeah. I like, I like having pouches pouches i have a military pouch that's it's not one to stay i think this thing isn't made very well i have a military pouch 
Do you? I also have this. This is for my my Swiss champ. See, I could put this on the other side. I used to, I can't find my Swiss Army knife. I would need it now. I could use it while I'm out walking. All right, Jack. What animal is this? Let's see. I want to see if you can tell me what animal this is. Uh, an antelope. That's a jackalope. Jackalope. I was close. A mythical animal. Do I win? No. <laughs> it was close. All righty. I think I'm done for the night. All right. And uh, Urias brings up that the most uh, famous wrestler from his home of Lithuania is Oksana, who was a terrible wrestler and never did one thing after leaving WWE. Another John Laurinaitis yeah. hire, which we can look forward to in the future because he is back with his old job. So these are, we're going to maybe have some more Oksana level stars coming up. Oh, my I goodness. think that was evident maybe from that, that women's uh, uh, tag team thing. Because there was a bunch of just you know hot women that can't do bullshit all in the ring. Mm-hmm. All right. Until next week, this is Jackie Jones. We got some uh, people lined up. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly Tony Schiavone will be on the show, but we will have uh, his partners doing uh, butts and seats, the uh, comic book, and uh, some other people uh, in the works. Anyway, if not next week, in the coming weeks. Until then, it's gonna be it'll be Jack and the Inch Man talking about the wrestling. It's gonna be a good time. Six weeks of the werewolf on Without Your Head is the 40th anniversary of American Werewolf from London, the Howling and Wolf In. So there's gonna be six weeks of werewolf guests. Um, B Wallace will be on the show next week to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Howling. That was very cool. Excellent. All right. I think we just invented a new dance. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Hits through the roof. You're going to flash the audience? Yeah. Kicked <laughs> <laughs> no. off YouTube. Oh, no. Good night. Nighty night. Andre the Giant. Andre was big, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not small, no, no, no. Andre could drink, and he could fight. Drink, 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 and a fight, fight, fight. Andre was big, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not small, no, no, no. Andre could drink, and he could fight. Drink, 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 and a fight, fight, fight. Andre the Giant. Andre was big. Yeah, 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 it was not small, no, no, no Andre was great, he was not bad A great big heart and a great big man Andre was big, yeah, yeah, yeah It was not small, no, no, no Andre could drink and he could fight Drink, 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 and a fight, fight, fight Andre the Giant 
from Grenoble, France.